for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Indie Performance is an online nutrition coaching platform that specializes in helping strength athletes optimize their training, making weight classes, or just achieve their aesthetic goals without the steamed chicken and broccoli lifestyle. Head over to IndiePerformance.com. That's I-N-D-I performance.com to find out more. It's your boy, Six Pack Lapidat. Just wanted to say, this is a bonus episode. I was on Chance Mitchell's um, podcast, and so we switched roles, and I was the guest as opposed to the host, but it's powerlifting talk, right? Uh, so it's probably going to sound pretty close to in line what you used to hearing on the KOTL podcast, but we got a podcast also dropping today with Rondell Hunt, um, and we get super into everything from him winning the world championships 2018 as a junior to all of the drama, political drama and what he's gone through for four years and now the comeback and what he's facing in terms of major decisions. If he's going USAPL or IPF as well as why he might go one or the other, because it's not a cut and dry decision. There's a lot of moving pieces. And then we also talk about Jamal Browner, who's one of his clients um, everybody's seen what he did at USPA Pro as well as, um, you know, pulling 500 kilos in the gym and <clears throat> also dropping very shortly, not recorded, but going to be very shortly. Mighty Joe Sullivan returns to KOTL. So make sure you check out those episodes when they drop. Subscribe so you don't miss them. But this is a bonus episode because it is not actually a KOTL episode. It's me and Chance. Um, and I've had Chance on KOTL a bunch of times, so it's going to sound like it, but we're actually on Chance's podcast, so here it is. Check it out, and uh, thank you for tuning in. All right, you guys. This episode of Fully Bice Powerlifting uh, with Ryan Lapidai was actually recorded last week, uh, right before I announced uh, my withdrawal from the Arnold. Um, you know, this is coming. Uh, I kind of talk a little bit about it here, but it's not too big of a deal to me. We just kind of move on. Um, Brian, you know, I really wanted to sit down and kind of reverse the roles and have him kind of be uh, a little bit more in the hot seat, if you will, um, and kind of answer all these questions about, um, what he plans on doing with King of the Lifts and kind of where he sees the sport. Um, you know, I think some people don't know too much about him. I just think they know, Hey, he, this is the guy that runs King of the Lifts and, you know, kind of don't really know a lot of, uh, the details or the background info that I think would be helpful. Um, so you know, kind of uh, giving him some humanization behind uh, being just the brand of King of the Lifts. So um, without further ado, Ryan Lapidat. So I'm here with Ryan Lapidat. How's it going, man? How are you? Not bad, my friend. How you feeling? You, you got a, a, a big week coming up, huh? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that would be the best thing to get out of the way right now is uh, the last like five weeks I've kind of been off kind of social media for a little bit. Um, I had like a, a really bad like SI pain that like kind of just happened all of a sudden on squat and it just popped. Um, I heard a loud pop and 
it was like excruciating for like a week and a half, two weeks. And I could barely do anything for two weeks. Oh, damn. And then the last like three weeks, I've been like grinding and like things got a lot better. You know, I pulled like 365 last week, um, squatted like 295. Everything was going great. Like within a couple of weeks, three weeks, mm. um, this last week was like super, super bad. It's still painful. Um, and so like today, like by the time people hear this, I will have already dropped out of the Arnold. Damn. Um, yeah, it's it sucks. Um, there's not too much else I can do. I push through a shit ton of pain. Uh, mm. I'm taking ibuprofen every fucking day, like nonstop. Um, doing everything I could. And I don't even care about like not hitting PR numbers or anything. Just going and, you know, putting up a good total and just doing it. I think it would be good. Um, but it's just not worth it at this time. Right. So Sheffield is the, the big deal, but I want to compete in like another 12, 14, 16 weeks. Um, and it's one of those things, like, have you ever done a prep you yourself and, you know, have something that happens and all of a sudden you have to take like a week off almost. And if you're three weeks out, like, what do you do from there? What do you, how do you restart? You have to restart from kind of ground zero, rebuild volume. By the time you get back to normal, it's like, well, you don't have any strength at all. It's kind of like, okay, we can kind of skip that phase if we just like rush through a lot of this. But ultimately it was just a little too much too close to the meat um, mm. where I think it should be too painful. And it's been super painful, um, but I can manage it. I don't think it's worth it. it so, it's yeah. uh, well, first off, that's, that's a fucking shame, man, because um, I mean, if nothing else, Arnold UK will be because you were at the top, right? So it'll be competitive amongst the other gentlemen yeah. scrapping it out. Now it's like the money's up for grabs. Um, but when you're traveling to the other side of the world to compete, you, a lot goes into it. So if you're not going to be, if you're injured and then you get more injured there and it just makes it, it'll, it could possibly set you back even further. That's right. when you got to start asking, like, I'm not just showing up, but I'm like, what am I risking here? Is this thing just going to pop up, get worse and start being like a, a reoccurring issue? Cause you have obviously yeah, bigger goals, right. In terms of Sheffield, et cetera. And then we don't know how it's going to work with, um, you know, PA Nats, then Sheffield, then um, like if it's six weeks in between, you got to be fresh as possible. Yeah. Um, then Worlds again, hopefully, and yeah. uh, and keep it moving. Like it's it's tough, man. It's a tough schedule. The shitty thing is, it was just enough to set me back, but not enough for it to be like a recurring thing. Like mm. I literally just need time, like a week or two of good amount of you know pulled back volume, nice movement, nothing super, super fucking heavy. And then mm. I'll be fine. It's not going to be an issue. Like I feel good now, but it's just too, too close. Um, so yeah, that, that's shitty, but dude, um, I, I, go I, ahead. I, I, I'm, I'm building the Arnold UK preview show <laughs> today okay. in a couple yeah. hours. I'm, I'm going to fucking keep this and let everybody pick you and everything till the end. And I'm like, okay, the picks oh, are solidified no. and we're all on page. You've made your picks. You can't. And then boom. Because Anatoly is off at this time as well. Right. Yeah. So how did I mean, that affect? Is it like, like would it hurt a lot more if he was, if he was still there and you're like, fuck, I'm going to miss Anatoly too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, to me, it was like, okay, let's just try to win money and try to beat, you know, I beat Mo head to head, try to go for that. Um, but it's, it's not even worth that, like for 3000 Euro to me to risk like anything else and push things even more. And like, mm. uh, like when you're hurt going all out on a max deadlift or squat for money, like in the moment, I'm going to be like, Hey, let's, let's do it. Let's put it on yeah. there or whatever it is. 
and that could not be worth it. Um, so yeah, to me, it's just not worth it. And Anatoly being there, I think would have made it super exciting. Yeah. Uh, and now at this time, it's like, okay, well, Anatoly's not, we're not doing this head to head anymore. You know, it's not this big old thing. It's kind of just like, I committed to this at this time. Now it's like, oh, fine. Um, if, if and Anatoly was looking great. If, if it was, <laughs> dude, uh, I mean, yeah, he's, he's on. If yeah. it was Anatoly's comeback, and it's you versus Anatoly. Yeah. Fucking forget about it. That's like a, a, that is a hell of a moment. That's something where you're like, man, if I go head to head with Anatoly and beat, because Anatoly, like everyone remembers, he beat everybody at 2021 Worlds. Mm-hmm. All of them. Kaiko, Russ, Jesus, whatever the shit. Name them. He beat them. Pena. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anatoly shows up. That is a massive showdown where you're like, fuck, what if I, this is a go, this is a head in because it's the comeback. But yeah. so then you have to rethink like, wow, shit, how hurt am I now? Right. It's, yeah. di- you know, but in a totally gone. Yeah, for sure. That changes things. Yeah. Like five weeks, like right before it happened, training was amazing. I pulled like a 375 wow. deadlift, super easy. Did like a 606 squat or 275 for five. Everything was going well, but it is what it is. It, you know, one of the things I think for me and you, right. Like I, I only recently met you at powerlifting American nationals. Before yeah. that, it was just like, I think we did uh, like an episode of King of the Lips. We did podcast. Squat Challenge yeah. or, or yeah. something, but I never met you in person. And, you know, that's all been like this last year. Before that, I was kind of very much under the radar. And then now it's like, okay, chance is like really at the top. Um, and I have this like pressure to, to keep things going. But honestly, right now, now should be almost the off season or downtime um, to kind of get things situated and ready. Uh, Cause yeah, like there's nothing worth it for Sheffield. You're right. I I got a question. I, yeah. I, a couple questions. I'm gonna let you find questions. I'm not gonna. No, no, no. Turn we'll, to we'll this into, into it, but... but but I I it rings a bell. Some conversation. Mm-hmm. So a first off, so you you like you're saying you pulled 375. I think you you pulled 373 at PA Nats, right? I pulled 383 or 383. Sorry, 383. Yeah. That's right. And 383.5. Five was it at Worlds Correct. after Keiko? Okay, so I was having this conversation. Um, so uh, it, I think it was with Jurens and those fellas. Um, but I've had this conversation a couple times. People were like, Keiko didn't have to pull as much as he's pulling at Worlds. Um, he was pulling too much. With twenty twenty hindsight, well, yeah, of course he missed and you missed. So obviously the bar was supposed to be less. That's twenty twenty hindsight. But looking at it, I get what people are saying. However. If because you pulled 383 and um and on their calculation previously at PNS, on their calculation, like if you load and hit this, you're forcing chance to pull 383.5. That's probably right at chance's edge. He might hit it on a good day, he might miss it on a on, on a good like or, or you could even miss it on a good day, and you're obviously having a good day and still miss, but it's right on the edge. And they were if they're telling themselves, um, because you don't know until afterwards, if they're like I know this is on your edge as well, Kaiko, but we fucking, you might need this. So do you want us to load this up? Do you want us to load less and chances hit three, 383? So do you want to do load it? So chance only has to do 375 or, you know, like when people say they misloaded, I get it. 2020 hindsight, obviously Kaiko missed, you missed. He could have lifted less hit, but maybe you would have hit too, but whatever. Yeah. But it wasn't as crazy as people think. No, 
Like when you saw that, were you saying to yourself, okay, well, they're pushing me to my, my edge. Yeah. I mean, I tried not to think of the specific number at the time. And I, I really didn't even think about the third until, you know, the very end where Aaron's like, okay, like you can just do whatever you want now, you know? And so I did 0.5 over PA nationals just because, right. It yeah. wasn't really that much. Um, I, I honestly, like the prep was much, much better for worlds versus PA nationals, PA nationals. I kind of like didn't post some of the last deadlifts cause they were really, really bad. And all of a sudden, you know, on game day, I could pull, you know, almost 40, 40 pounds or 20 something kilos, you know, more than where I did the last like couple of weeks of prep. So I have no idea really um, where it really would have been, you know, if there wasn't holes and shit in the platform and all, you know, off um, who knows. Uh, like when he set up, obviously he missed. So by the time you lifted, it was already yeah. over. But when he set up that, were you telling yourself? I didn't like, think he could hit it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, this is too far. Yeah. And he pushed it too far. Gotcha. Yeah. It, it was close and I knew it would be close, but he does the, like the, the shakes at that point. And when there's the shakes for some people, they get right past it and they can tr transition past it and lock it out. Some people just don't like that is the cutoff almost mm. like on squat where it's more of like a foreshadowing a little bit when someone unracks a squat and they're stumbling all around where they normally look like very poised and just everything's efficient. Like, you know, three-step walkout and you're good. It's like, okay, like that, that weight, you know? So I, yeah. that's what I thought, but who knew, you know, maybe if the platform wasn't shifted for him or, or reset up, who knows, who knows. It's tough when you have to go first yeah. and they have big asks where it's like, if they're telling themselves, we think chance is back at 373. We think he's got three or sorry, 83. I keep saying 73, 383. Um, you know, we think it's around there. I don't know if you could hit what you need to hit the force chance to do 383. But if this is what we think you fucking have to, are you here to win? Or are you here to place? You almost yeah. have your hand forced. And then of course, when you miss, it's like, Oh, you made the wrong call. It's so tough, man. It's have unforgiving. You, have you seen the stats on like the made third attempt percentages? I think I saw Pete or Bryce Lewis posted it today about, um, you know, how the 550 plus dots, uh, third attempt miss, like uh, of any, you know, lift that someone misses the most, it's deadlift, their third mm. deadlift, usually because of placing, because of all these right. other things. You know why I think it actually is, is with sumo. Um, I'm sure you've seen it almost with women lifters when they do like a heavy bench, right? Like they can go up to a hundred, like 98% and it looks easy. And then all of a sudden they hit that wall and it's just all automatically an RP 10 or RP 11. Mm sumo deadlift is very much that way where if you're out of position at all on a lift where you have to put a hundred percent force um it, it's just a little too much where like i like the fact that i could go to 370 375 i could do anything in the day and just i know i could hit that but then you add seven eight eight nine kilos it's close if positioning's off anything is off you know maybe but if everything's on shit maybe i could do 390 right that's, that's what makes it's, it so exciting tricky right? You know, I'm sure you saw that at Junior Worlds too, where like some people, you know, they, their training indicated they could have done way more than what they did. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, in sumo specifically, where conventional, it's pretty much there. If you can eye it right. Yeah. 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 The variables aren't nearly as deadly unconventional. Like where the Keiko faced at South Africa, at the very least, he had 
he's a conventional puller mm -hmm. and you can grind if you got to grind, even if the platform's a little mangled a little bit, you know, he, it won't affect him as much as like sumo. It's, it's a dicey proposition. I'm mean, even if it's too fast, you could lose, lose it with a bobble, just a down up on the way up. Even if you lock it, let alone like, like with conventional, there's almost no, no such thing as too fast, right? It's like, it's just, yeah. it's so much easier to pull conventional in terms of like control and being able to fight. If you need to fight, you could stay in that position and fight for ever almost right like look at penna for god's sakes his knees knock and he's got turbulence coming and he could still lock it out you fight like that with sumo that bar's going up and down it's just it's so difficult to do that you know and it's uh but on the flip side it's it makes it exciting when someone loads up for a big sumo pull for the win and they walk out like you and uh and it's like holy shit that's why when people talk about uh the bench rules the new bench rules and then they say well, sumo's next. Nah, dog. Nah, sumo ain't next. Listen, everybody fucking loves to watch you pull and a pull. People are on their feet cheering. It's fucking like, like highlights. Everyone loves it. Nobody reacts like that to a one inch ROM bench. So that's why um, I could, I don't think the comparison actually is there. Like when people say, if the door opens for one, they're going to come for the other. I'm like, how? Enohoro's missed sumo pole is like the biggest highlight of worlds like the thing too is the the difference in range of motion there like even for people oh. like me and enna right it's not like the bar is just like an inch off the floor it's it's significantly higher yeah, yeah. obviously it's not quite as much range of motion as conventional but it's still significant it looks like there's something going on it's action yeah, like enna yeah, horos yeah. In a horrors, that was action, man. Like yeah. it came up in like segments, like, oh, slow off the ground, slow. Whoa, it's off the ground, right. over the knees. Holy shit, one locked out. Then the other locked out. Oh no, we can't hang on to it. All of that was happening and it was action. Whereas, um, and that's all you want in sports. Let's see action. Whereas um, on the bench, if it's a massive arch, it, it's doop, doop. the action's right. so minimal, people get upset. That's why, you know, we had another, like I talked to people and they're like, um, well, my attitude is I just got to beat whoever and I don't care how they set up on bench. I need to be stronger and beat you. And I'm like, and they're looking from competitor standpoint. And I'm like, got you. you you're like, I, it's just like levers. And if you can optimize your levers, God bless. I have to optimize mine to beat you. And I'm like, that's great. That's a competitor standpoint. But as a fan standpoint watching, um, I want to see action. And it would be so painful. I could do a whole session and they're all pulling sumo and I probably have, but if I did a whole session where every bench was an inch, I will, I, it's going to be painful. I'm going to stick a fork in my eye to try to get through this. Like it's painful. And, and I love powerlifting. I'm a powerlifting nerd. And I'm telling you, there's no action and no pleasure of uh, from that. Whereas when it comes to sumo pulls, fucking let's see you and Anna go toe to toe. Fuck. Yeah. I'm on the edge of my seat. It's, it's, it's interesting that even you, for someone that is so, you know, involved and engulfed in the culture of powerlifting, that you do have that like emotional response to a bench like that, where, you know, you, you probably are the best kind of indicator that, hey, if even you are, oh, I can't really watch this all day. That's, you know, that is the, the, the people standard. People want to say, people say like, um, well, it's impressive. It's imp like, it's impressive in the fact that like, 
if, if I, if a yoga video swings through my Instagram and I see, it and it's like, fuck me, that's impressive. Yeah. Your mobility is impressive, but that's not why I watch powerlifting is for mobility. I don't care about your mobility. Like it's impressive. Sure. Yes. But I'm, I, I'm, that's not why I'm here. I came here to see, um, like weights get shifted. I came in, I came here for action. And when people are like, like, again, people's response is always like, um, I just got to get stronger. I got to beat you. And that's my mentality. And like, if you could, if they can figure this out, then I have to figure out other ways. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't care as a viewer. I don't, that's great. As a competitor. It's like, I, I use the analogy, like the boxer or the MMA fighter, you have to stop the fight for them. Cause their mentality is if the bell rings, I'll answer that bell. That's beautiful. That's great. But as a viewer, you have to like that, that, that doesn't give you anything as a powerlifting viewer and as a fan cool man you got the warriors mentality you'll beat whoever no matter what you know levers or setup they have but i want to see action huh and if i see a freaking full flight of one inch wrong bench bench already can be boring but give me that i don't even care if it's a massive arch as long as it's wrong some people are posting saying i'm going on a tangent here dog mm -hmm. but it is what it is yeah some people are posting saying ha ha i could still get an arch um and and get my depth down so it looks like your rule didn't work no it did get your arch and save your shoulders and get your rom all we care about is rom get your arch that's beautiful all we care about is rom yeah. it just so happens that they're 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 synced up but if you can arch well and your shoulders are tucked in and other people are saying like it's if i go down it's gonna ruin my shoulders look at if you're if you're in your 20s and 30s or you know you're in the prime athletic uh, of of your athletic career, mm -hmm. and you can't bench to a, a ninety degree or whatever it is around there. If you can't do that, I don't know what to tell you because we have athletes in like hockey, football, wrestling, boxing, MMA, and they're like they'll look at you like you're saying I can't. It'll hurt my shoulders. This is terrible. Look what you're doing to me. And you're in your athletic prime, and that's too big of an ask in an athletic event. To be like, let me see you bench. You could set up with an arch and all the rest of it, but just bench down to only 90. And maybe slightly less of the elbow to the top of the shoulder, whatever. And that, if that's too big of an ask, I don't know what to tell you. It's hard to have sympathy for that when you hear that, when it's like, I don't know, man. You watch all these other sports, they'll hear that. I mean, like you're in your athletic prime and that is going to murder your shoulders. You can't find a setup with within this these parameters to save your shoulders. It's... yeah. The if it was a rule that your back had to be flat, I think that would be where the line yeah. would be drawn. Did you hear the that Sabato Sessions podcast with Gaston, where Gaston basically said, "Hey, if it was up to me, we would be doing flat back." I didn't, I didn't hear it uh, yeah. because I was, um, I think I was coming back from Turkey when it dropped, or yeah, yeah, but I didn't hear it. But I, I was on that podcast, and they were, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd be too much. You, you don't yeah. want to do flat back to whatever. It's um, you know, that's way too much. But what they have now is far like everybody like 95 percent of people aren't going to have even have to adjust right right and so for me i i didn't really think about it yet you know i didn't even put you know i had some people in person come up and ask me hey what are your thoughts on this you know do you think it's dumb or whatever and i'm like look you know we can say that this is the rule and gaston has it implemented in this way or or whatever we won't know until that first meet where it's judged and we know yeah. like wow, this person had an issue and they didn't get a star command or whatever, whatever it ended up being. 
right? Like that's when it becomes real. Until then, it's just like, okay, we'll see what happens. We'll see. And, you know, I don't really know. The judging is the biggest. That's my concern. Yeah. Look, I got concerns. I'm not saying I don't have concerns about it. Right. The rule itself in the reason why it's in for those arguments of like, well, it's just someone using the levers. I like, I'm looking at it from the viewer standpoint, because it doesn't impact me when I, in terms of bank, like I've never, it would never have impacted me ever anyways, mm -hmm. but from the viewer standpoint, that doesn't matter. And then from the, but the rule standpoint, it needs to be um, consistent yeah. and doable. And that's the biggest. Now people are saying, how can you look at the butt rising feet, all the rest of it as well? But here's what I would say. Now, I don't know how it's going to roll out. And I do have concerns. I'm not saying I don't. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, when the bar is lowering down, um, and that's when you got to hit depth, people usually aren't rising their butt when they're low. Like when all the sessions I've seen commentated on, it's not when the butt is lowering, or sorry, the bar is lowering that the butt comes up. You get the press command and you start pressing, then the butt comes up. Yeah. Well, when the bar is lowering, they're looking at the depth. And then boom, it's a press and it comes up and then they'll look over at the butt to see if you lifted your butt to press it off your chest. That actually, in my mind's eye, I could see where that'll work. People are like, well, you can't do both at the same time. Generally speaking, I, I can't even remember the last time I saw someone lift their butt off while the bar is coming down in the setup, but not like when you get the start and you're lowering the bar. I don't even know if that would help you to lift your butt off the bench. Like that's a very weird, but when the bar, when you start pressing, that's when you, to get it going, you lift your butt sometimes see that all the time. But by the time you get the press command, the depth has already been hit. Otherwise you wouldn't have got the press command. And so I'm not overly worried about that. It's more um, how they know, like it's gotta be consistent depth. Yeah. And um, people are saying like, it could make the press command, like the start command super long, or it could make it really, really quick though. Like they might be just looking for that depth and then that press command is coming pretty quick. You know what I mean? Like it depends on how it rolls out. Like you, I'm saying, I need to see it. I need to see it because look, we're all saying this and in five years time, I've had conversations with people like, they're like, look at how many people are might leave the IPF because of this. Maybe. Or in five years, like probably not. This is what the sky is falling. It's always falling. Mm -hmm. Like how many people are turning in their cards because of rest? Probably not. But let's see. Or how many people are going to leave? Really? Because how many people does it even affect? Nine out of 10 people, it won't even affect. You're going to leave when it doesn't affect you? Probably not. As a matter of fact, it'll affect your competition. Why would you leave? But then um, in five years time, when people are entering the game after this starts, everybody it'll be like me when equipped was on i entered the game i didn't join the ipf this is back in 2008 mm -hmm. i saw equipment and i thought I, i'm not into it whatsoever i don't care to yeah. get they're like well it takes time i don't know but i don't care to learn how to get better in equipment i don't want to it, i i have i don't want i know it doesn't look appealing at all i don't want to master it and then there was another fed where or i saw and yeah another fed had raw um so i went in that fed instead and then ipf went raw and i went ipf yeah. What's going to, what could happen? People brand new. So they're, they, they've, they're ex totally new to the game. They're coming in all the time. When they see two different feds and they're like, one has those crazy arches you probably saw all over social media. The other one has rules against it. So there's range of motion. Pick which one you want to get into. It'll be very difficult to tell somebody who hasn't started yet and is just starting strength sports. 
to be like very few people are even like, I can't wait to master yoga and get a big arch and do Fed A. Most of them are like, yeah, I'm not here for that. I'm actually here for and go Fed B. Moving forward could be a completely different, you know, and that that's another thing to consider. And it's the same situation when I, with the equipped classic previously, I was like, trust me, IPF goes raw. We're going to see a massive boom because it relates to more people, strength athletes, football players, CrossFitters, whatever the shit coming in. I can make this is more in line with what I'm into. Um, it just helps casting that net. And even if casting the net and recruiting our athletic youth, not even just that, but also... Got to double back. Everyone wants to talk about how do we make powerlifting more palpable to view and more entertaining to view. Tell you right now, I need, it's action. It's always action with every sport. How do you increase action? They change rules in hockey, football, baseball, always for action. And if nothing else, it's not recruiting people, not to make it more even. Fine, let's throw all that out just to increase action in what we're viewing that this rule could go in place and be like, we're making more action happen. If we just look at that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you could do it. And in the future, we might look back and be like, I can't fucking believe you guys used to have arches. That, that's crazy. I can't believe that was crazy that back in the day, they used to do that. We might in five years. Who knows, man? I don't know. I'm interested. But the biggest is I'm with you. How is this going to roll out? How, how, how do we judge it so it's consistent? That's the biggest. If, we can, if they can get that right, this will be a genius move. Mm-hmm. If the ball gets fumbled, and that's not consistent or, or there's confusion around it, um, then there's going to be problems. So we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see, man. And again, for me, bench isn't quite the, uh, the biggest money maker there. So I'm not really opposed either way. My range of motion looks pretty big, you know, wherever I grip the bar. Um, so yeah, let's kind of go back. You know, this podcast for me is meant to kind of reverse things and kind of interview you more so than the other way around. You know, you are very much engulfed in the powerlifting culture. And, you know, for, for one, I've, I talked to you about this, I guess, last week is like, this isn't, this isn't even your job. This is just something you enjoy doing and you've attached yourself to the community and have ran things um, since King of the Lifts has been, you know, popping, you know, as the last, like uh, even six years, seven years, right? Yeah, It's been a while. It's been a minute. (laughs) So this, I mean, this isn't your job right? You're, what, what do you work as? What do you actually so, do in the day job? I went to school uh, for business um, and my, my major was marketing, but you end up having to do again, everything from like economics to accounting and stats and all the rest of it, like this, you know, and I'm not a numbers type of dude. I was that dude in university that like um, people who were at the university and their major was math. So they would have math labs and my major is marketing, which is like creative, because uh, that's more what I like to do. But I have to do university level math. So I had a fucking tutor, like cr- every day, I'm like every time a test rolled around, I was in it like five nights of the week. I'm like, help me. I'm going to have to figure this out. Um, so graduated with business and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an account manager. I'm not, this is nothing to do with powerlifting. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a, the regular Joe nine to five type of job. Um, it's, I mean, it's good. The, the, the good parts of it is you got yourself like a salary benefits, pension, all outside of powerlifting. Like it's a normal job, right? Like this is just like everyone else is living. So powerlifting for me is, is special and always been special. I started powerlifting because I loved, like I've lifted weights my whole life. Like I was 
four years old lifting weights. I had no idea what I was doing. No, I wasn't four years old, but I was like fucking young as shit. I was seriously a right. kid. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then eventually discovered powerlifting and was like, holy shit, there's a sport where you could do this. It dove into powerlifting. And this was like a weird, um, uh, a guy in my gym won the Canadian national championships and he was in the newspaper. And I was like, holy shit, that guy goes to my gym. This is like 2008 dog. This is like Facebook was new. You know, like there was no social media. Yeah. YouTube was new. YouTube was 2006. All this shit was new. So when I started powerlifting, we didn't have no love from real media, general media, and there was no real Instagram or social media either. And this is where I started uh, into powerlifting. So then um, as things progressed, that's where the idea is for like, we need to make something happen. And in general, media is not going to do it. We have to do it ourselves. And now everybody in their fucking mother, um, you know, reposts and like every podcasts are all over the place, which is good. Um, like every it's all over the place now. But at the time when this all started, there wasn't. There wasn't, there wasn't like preview shows for like nationals and worlds. There wasn't like recap shows. There wasn't, you know, these things weren't happening. Like it wasn't uh, like everyone goes to King of Lifts to figure out, you know, to see the training or like the recaps mm -hmm. of like, oh, there's, I can't watch the stream, but you go to King of Lifts, you know, you're going to get all the highlights. You can go to every single fucking lifter or you just go to one spot and get all the general highlights and you're good. Like that, we just take this for granted. Now, none of that was around. It wasn't even like, now it's you take for people take for granted yeah of course none of it was there yet so when i got in i was like this has got to be done better we because we can't we're not going to get it from media they're not going to do it for us and um and that was really when king of lifts started that was that was 2008 is when it started when no so it 2008 start? was when i got into powerlifting yeah um in between so i'm skipping steps in terms of me so that was 2016 um, around 2016, six years ago, like you said, was when I started uh, the IPF commentary as well as King of the Lifts. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of funny because uh, I started doing King of the Lifts and I'm reposting everybody, all feds, tested, untested, the whole nine. And I started doing the commentary and people didn't know when I showed up for the commentary that I was King of the Lifts as well. It was all anonymous at that point. And I recorded some podcasts and hadn't dropped them yet. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen when I drop these. Like, let's see what happens. Right. Because I don't know. I don't know. You're allowed to have conversations with people in other federations, but you just don't know. And, um, you, you thought that maybe the IPF would have a problem with it or maybe. something. I don't yeah. know. You, you don't know. You, you, you're not sure yeah. how this is all going to play out. And, um, Cause like even, even right now, I still like obviously repost USAPL lifters, obviously, or USAPL will tag me in stories. I'll repost stories. Like I, in nobody, like as much as people talk about the IPF being like strong arm, threatening, bullying, or whatever the shit, nobody has ever said anything to me about reposting from any other fed or like interviewing anybody or nobody's ever said like you can't or don't or threats or anything. Um, Does the IPF account when they post their reviews or whatever, do they tag you and stuff too or no? Do they, because I, I, I obviously the people that run the accounts, I know that they know you and all that kind of stuff yeah. as well. But does the IPF officially acknowledge you like that? 
It's interesting. Or are you a third party perspective type of thing, right? Well, I'm definitely Kingless is definitely yeah. a completely third party on its yeah. own thing. Yeah, yeah. That's but do they why. but do they yeah, they, that's what I'm saying is like they per personally like just leave you alone because of that. Yes. Yeah. I think well, the thing is though, powerlifting America tags me and we do yeah. collaboration posts. Yeah. So it's uh I think the IPF, that's what it is, where they're like, look at he's a media personality doing his own thing. Kingless has nothing to do with IPF, which is true, which is I mean, it, it also probably would open a door where like, if you try to regulate like that, then everybody yourself, you know, you can't talk to certain people either. Like everyone's, like I said, everyone these days has podcasts, reposts. If you actually tried to regulate now, you just couldn't. Um, but initially though, before everybody had podcasts yeah. and everybody did reposts, I was the first, like to a major degree, I'm sure other people did before. But what I'm saying is I was the first to actually make it something so i didn't know then now it makes sense look at if they if they were like you can't podcast and talk to this person everybody has a podcast these days so you are you're gonna literally you you couldn't or you can't repost everyone will repost friends or clients or whatever you literally couldn't but um at the time when this shit was happening look at instagram 2016 was <laughs> not even close to what it is yeah. now so when i'm doing this you know you gotta it's easier now and even like now I'm a commentator, I'm a podcaster. I was the first to be like, I want to be the voice. So I'm commentating, I'm podcasting, I'm reposting, giving my voice. Now other people, now it's like, oh, that, that's a good idea. Let me start doing that as well. But, but when you're the first guy, it's always tougher. And you're the guy who's going to deal with, first off, how do you put this together? Second off, is this going to go okay? What am I going to face? What's going to happen? All the trials and tribulations you're going to do. And then other people be like, bet that works well let me let me go next right but it's you got you take for granted it's fucking dicey at times do you think maybe they viewed you as like okay you're kind of smaller so we're not going to mention it and then as you grew it like just kind of got out of reach to talk about right like maybe say, Dog, you know, at that a... point it's like oh shit like what do we do <laughs> probably dude you know yeah. that's a good point it probably initially was like Nah, okay whatever it is what it is like that's nothing too big and then all of a sudden by the because you don't see me till next world you see me and it's like holy shit dog it was then it's like exactly it might have been like well this got big rather quickly and um yeah. because the market was wide open because no one else is doing it yet so the progress is quick and then it's um uh, i'm definitely a much bigger help than a hurt obviously too right i think at a certain level you got to think like Okay, well, if this is if he's on our team, you want the strongest team possible. I think because a lot of at least my crowd or people that I know, they're very critical of IPF and kind of how they try to take ownership for things and like, well, you can do this, but you can't do that. And they think of it that way. So it is like, oh, okay, it's refreshing that they let you kind of just kind of stay in your own thing and do that, but at the same time be the lead commentator and kind of be everywhere. Um, and that was, you know, a big thing that I wanted to talk to you about. It's like, how are you, like, you are putting so much of your life into this, not just as a hobby, it's much bigger than that now, um, you know, your full-time job and then trying to manage going to, you know, junior worlds, worlds, going to all these meets. Um, you know, I don't know if you can say, but does the IPF help you with some of that stuff? Do they help, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. they do. And it's, um, that's why dog, it's, it's crazy. I, I like, I made a post earlier today where I'm, I remember I was with a girl at the time and this was 2016 when I, the very first IPF worlds I went to, 
and you were there actually. And um, I remember boarding the plane and my, my girl messages me and says, you were about to fly to a different country to commentate because you're a sports commentator on a broadcast and they're going to pay your expenses, put a little bit of dough in your pocket and like, like this is life. This is, this is, hap- this is about to happen right now. Like, and, and I'm a regular dude and I'm, this is like that Seinfeld episode where George is telling Jerry, well, why, why, why can't I be a sports commentator? I always make those good comments when we're watching baseball. And he's like, yeah, but those, those jobs can be tough to get. Huh? And I was boarding a plane and had that moment where we're like, what the fuck is life here? I'm about to do this. Like, this is a sport. It's not baseball. It's not football. It's not as big as that, but it's a sport I love. And I am extremely passionate of, and I'm about to fucking board a plane and do this, man. It's uh, it's the wildest and it helps a little bit of separation. So it, it never, it's not my full-time gig because I probably couldn't do a full-time because I burned the shit out or just wouldn't feel the same. Like, you know, once money's attached, it gets tough, but now it's always just. All right. So we had a little bit of a hiccup there. Um, but yeah, we were kind of just talking a little bit about um, kind of the travel stuff and, you know, the IPF kind of allotting you some uh, either like compensation or to get back into it. Yeah. So yeah, like essentially we're still, um, you know, volunteers. So they'll, yeah. but what they do is they cover your expenses they so they're flying you literally all over the freaking world putting you up in hotels and then they give you stipends for for the day so you're not taking incurring expenses throughout your day as well so it's essentially you know you're not going to make a living off of it obviously but right my god man this is the crazy if you would have told like you know right now um on instagram it's the showing people squatting 700 and be like oh i wish i squatted 720 and then they show the cl- a picture of them as a kid being like yo we squat 700 you know like they, they had those right. you know those are popular yep. now yeah. or like yo we won the world oh i wish i whatever um that's the new okay. thing on instagram yeah it's that dog if i'm like like when 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 shit is like uh you're at the world's and something isn't what you wanted to be that the accommodations aren't or whatever. I'm this guy. What people were talking about in Turkey, cause there was issues, right? People weren't allowed to get into the uh, warm up room and train. The food was, you know, I mean, sometimes it was all right. Cause they would bring in some food, but nine times out of 10 food wasn't great. Um, whatever. But I am that dude. I can't, I just am that dude where, Every now and then I purposely tell myself like, holy fuck, man, I'm in Turkey. <laughs> and I'm commentating on a broadcast and I'm like, yo, holy shit, this is still wild. It doesn't get old to me, man. I still feel that. You've had to do all these steps to get here. And right. yeah, I mean, it, it definitely didn't start out that way. I remember you, I don't remember the first post that you shared of mine, but you see all the time now where, you know, you share anybody's you know, whatever squat PR, bench PR, and, you know, they have their friend in the background and their friend is like, oh, I made the king of the lifts post. Yeah. And it's like, th- it makes people's day like straight yeah. up. Like it's such a big deal for some of these people, man. And I, and it's honestly where it's like, you share my like deadlift, every other deadlift. <laughs> and I'm like, right. bro, sh- bro, share somebody else. <laughs> like, let's But somebody every else other deadlift it. is huge of yours. That's the <laughs> thing. 
but yeah but, but you created it when you know there really wasn't anything like that and obviously the appeal to it now where you know you have two white lights you have these other podcasts that are kind of um, coming into it um i really wanted to see um kind of what you thought on you know how much more time are you going to be able to give this like do you think the current you know like workload that you have with you know live stuff work are you able to manage this with king of the lifts well or are you going to want to expand this where do you want to push this right and that's a good question so um now i'm starting to get like well i started getting help anyways like sort of bringing in obviously the co-hosts and whatnot uh-huh. yeah. uh, but more than that um bringing on people to start writing we've already just started like the arnold uk we have an article that we're going to drop onto the website where it's a preview. Um, so it just breaks down a preview, kind of like, you know, Barben does an excellent job of these kind of things, but we want it more consistent for powerlifting. So preview articles, recap articles, um, articles being written on just like showdowns and like yeah, articles. So, so it's it, right. So yeah, man, this is because powerlifting needs it. And we need more of it. So we're going to start moving in that direction as well as original content. So um, you'll probably see like Arian's done a great job. Arian's doing a lot of these for us where um, it'll post like the the top 10 people who have won USAPL raw nats and it just shows or the money breakdown in the IPF money breakdown uh, for, for USAPL or whatever infographics or just straight up podcast clips of people giving good sound bites and getting discussion or what just original content every single week though multiple times during the week so it's um we're moving in that direction so to answer your question and i couldn't do this i, I just don't have time yeah, yeah but but you get a bottleneck situation where if you're the bottleneck you got to fix this so that's where it came to and i was like if i want if that was the vision is to be full on for real media company, then you need to alleviate the bottleneck and start bringing people on freelance style. So we'll have, we have a couple writers now. So we're going to start dropping articles, previews, recaps, interviews, um, how to's like bring on some coaching and, Mm -hmm. and and whoever's listening, you want to write articles, just like it. You reach out and it'd be like, sure. And at the end you want to plug for more visit, you know, whatever coaching services you have. Sure, man. It's, it's all good. You know, we get content, you get a push towards whatever services you're giving. That's fair. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, this is the direction we're moving in and just keep expanding, man. Keep working with people. The, the biggest is collaboration. We're stronger together, you know? So I, I, it's not, just me who's who's behind this for sure we we've we've definitely branched we're branching out and branching out more and more uh it's funny you say that because the first article is going to drop like maybe today or tomorrow probably today and we're just going to keep moving more and more new things are going to keep popping tiktok's a motherfucker i can't you know it's are you <laughs> we'll on get, TikTok? we'll get we'll get to okay. tiktok too because that's uh, yeah. a whole nother thing i know. I know you're aware of that now um do you are you kind of upset that you didn't start it earlier uh, well, so I started and we got like 40,000 followers, but I haven't continued consistently. Mm-hmm. So I'm upset. I haven't continued consistently. Um, I mean, 40,000 is not a lot. It, it's not nothing, but it's, I, but it's just, a. you need to, it's just so, you only have so much time and you yeah. could repost, but the reposts I found on TikTok get destroyed with views. They don't get many views. So you have to do, it's a lot more difficult you have to do something original so then you have to instead um take a video and comment over top of it or whatever 
which is more work, which is fine, but it's just, again, we're bottlenecking a little bit. So it would work. It'd be great. You have the, like, I'm, I am a commentator. Like I was the, like, this is, I am the commentator from like the original social media guy who's a commentator. So it makes sense that I'm on social media commentating people's videos. That makes good sense. The problem is I am strapped. So do you get somebody else to start doing TikTok for us as well? As long as the videos are getting out, we might, we might, we, we got to move. We, we can't no longer sit on our hands as well as how to videos, how to set up like bench, squat, etc. Got to start moving on these. So um, I recognize bottlenecks and I constantly problem solving and evolving and I don't stop. And I'm not that guy who's like, fuck TikTok, fuck. No, you might as well be putting a gun to your head and saying, I don't want to have a future in this sport or I don't want to have a future. And then sure. Now we know your timeline's coming. You just put a cap. Good. So in the next couple of years, you're relevant. That's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone knows it's like, um, you got to, you got to dog, figure it out. If it's not you get someone who is figure it out, yeah. you know? Yeah. With TikTok, I wish I'd kick myself that I started earlier on that and really tried to push that because yeah, at the time it was just people when they first came out, it was just people like, lip syncing music stuff right like that's Dancing. really what it was yeah and then all of a sudden it just kind of took over on instagram side and you know i just kind of old man type of shit didn't want to keep you know investing into these other platforms right when i already put everything into instagram but yeah you you need to um so that is interesting i was like okay how is ryan gonna manage all of this and you know try to like right now right like there's eight, 10 King of the List posts each day almost, right? Mm -hmm. You know, of, of these lifters that are hitting the big PRs. How many of those are are you actually doing? Are you doing all of that? Um, Yeah, I do. That's all me, doggy. Oh, and, and like, yeah, dog, it's <laughs> fucking a lot. And, um, but it that's why in like, like whatever competition comes around, there's highlights. And when you see on that weekend, like 25 posts and like story shares and whatever, and I'm going into people's stories, doing screen grabs and being like, because they're at the event. Well, now I'm at the event, right? Because I'm not yeah. literally, but all you got to do is post. And now I'm there too, huh? Like where it's the American pro and Micah's doing like, take a look at, they're doing the setup and I'm grabbing his screen grabs and I'm throwing it. There. It's the same. You go on King of Lists, all of it is amalgamated to King of the Lists. So if that event's there and you're like, I don't want to go to every single person on the roster to try to get, you don't have to mm -hmm. go with King of Lists. I got you fam, but it's, it's a lot of work. So yeah. that's why to do these other things, so even though I'm posting it, Arian's creating content and shit like that. I would love to even do like, even like the question and answer sessions. I, I've never done that even once. I've never once been like, send me questions. I'll answer because I'm just like, fuck, I ain't got time for this. No. It's tough. Whereas, so I'm starting to steal Arians and put them on there. But, um, or if someone does a good one and I see it, I'm like, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna grab that and I'm throwing in King of lifts and maybe add something, but you can't do it all, man. It's tough. Are you feeling like, just be honest, right? When you get to a big meet or whatever, or there's a big meet happening, maybe it's not a um, IPF meet, it's another meet. Um, and people are coming at you like, hey, King of the List, you need to, you need to cover this. Does it get a little overwhelming with like, oh shit, like I didn't realize this is you know happening or now I need to put all this focus onto this other meet that I had no idea about, right? And it's like, you're so connected to the community that tens of thousands of people are reaching out to you to do this, 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 this. I could bet that it'd be pretty overwhelming, right? 
Uh, I mean, like there, yeah, like, okay. So there <laughs> are sometimes, I'll get emails from people being like, I am ranked, and I, I shit you not, I am ranked 14th untested 67 and a half kilo division. Like, why am, are you not sharing my squad? And I'm like, because you're 14th untested wrapped like division like you got to understand you got to set for for just in terms of repos you need to set a tip of the fucking spear standard where it's like okay got you number there's so many divisions tested untested different age groups in different weight classes wrapped unwrapped if you're talking uh untested there's so many groups that to be number seven in the world probably just isn't enough and people are like, what the fuck? I'm I'm top five in my division. Yeah, but your division is populated with like fucking 15 people. You know, sometimes like the, the talent pool isn't even deep enough. It's like, what is, who's in the division? What are we talking about here? Like there has to be some, some people don't know. They don't realize where they actually set in terms of talent. Pool. If I can go into the tested sleeved same side and they're squatting more than you then i don't care if you're number four in the world like there's some people who don't know though they have no idea all they know is is like this is what open powerlifting says i am how come i'm not getting shared well you must be biased or you must be no man i probably got a better barometer of the entire community what's what than most people and i can't know everything to your point of is it overwhelming for sure uh for sure however like i will never be upset that like somebody's like, you need to do more of this, more of that, that they are literally like my consultants. Sometimes I agree. Sometimes I disagree. Sometimes like, that's not a big event. If I do every event that size, you know, but, or, but I don't mind the cons consultation. Thank you. You, they are my cons people are my consultants and they don't even know it. And they're like, even your critics are just your most harsh consultants. And they're like, to saying you should be doing this, you should be doing that, or you didn't do enough of this or whatever, or you say you're the, the voice of powerlifting, but you're not doing this, that, and the other. They might be wording it with a tone because they're, they want to be shitty, but there might be some truth to it. So you were like, all right, thank you for the consultation. Maybe you're right. Here's the problem. You're hoping I don't do that because maybe even it's a troll or a hater, but now I'm going to. I'll figure it out. Thank you. Now I'm going to tighten that up. And then, then we'll talk in a little bit. Like it, it's still good. I still appreciate, you know, it's, um, and, and you got to take it in, but yeah, dog, it's, it's overwhelming, but I love the challenge. I need this. I need something to look forward to and work on. So right now, right. Do you know of any big meets this weekend that are going on? Uh, this weekend right now? Mm -hmm. Like I know the Arnold's coming up. Why? Which, no, what's but, but this weekend something happened. What just happened? <laughs> I'm testing you. Oh shit! Um, what I'm happened? Just, but just, just, just funny enough because I coach, you know, all these different people, right? So I know, you know, in some random country that this particular meet, that's IPF event. Yeah. Um. So I think there's like the C Cup, which is the Singapore um, Championships. That's actually yeah. an IPF meet. That 52 kilo uh, girl Ferana or Ferana. Oh yeah, beltless at world. Yeah, the beltless. The beltless yeah. 52. She yeah. pulled the world record today or last night or something like that. Like very easy. Um, but it was an IPF, technically an IPF meet, big big deadlift, obviously. But it's so weird that it's so obscure places and some like if you look on the IPF calendar, you can see random like IPF events that some random could just pull up to right and just break the world record. And depending on the country, depending on the social media stuff, you may miss it. 
right? Like, I, or I, I may miss it, but the only reason why I would see it is because, you know, hey, my athlete that I coach there, you know, obviously that kind of stuff happens, which is tricky to manage that all by yourself. Whereas what I'm saying is like, it's got to yeah. be a little overwhelming, at least, you know, I, I think if people are caught, like tagging you and everything, you know, I'm sure like if you had all mentions or notifications on for everybody on everything, <laughs> you get lost. That's the problem. People like yeah. I tag the fuck out of you. How come it's like, man, right. I'm not seeing it and denying you. I just can't, um, you know, it's very difficult, but people do come to me that I already talked to. Uh, so you will see it like right. this just happened, but, um, and I'm aware of her. I think she's with Penna or at yeah. least she was yeah, with yeah. Penna. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, she, she's phenomenal, dude. He was like, obviously at world, she pulled 200 kilo beltless. I'm like, Oh my God. And then, um, I believe it's 200 kilo around there anyways. And then, and he's like, yeah, dude, she's a phenom and, uh, she's coming. So I'm not at all surprised she's doing this. So yeah, things like this happen. And then you, you end up posting or they, some people, feel sheepish about tagging me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, you're helping me. I want to post quality. And if it's not there, you know, if it's not quite like, like, oh my God, elite level, it doesn't, I'm not like in my head being like, what the fuck were you thinking? It is what it is. You just don't, you might, you know, people don't all have the same barometer of like eyes on things, but that's fine. You know, tag, help me out. Yeah. The best way is probably what you already do, right? Where you have like this Kind of bigger web of lifters the top people that are you know re relevant and doing things and then from there you kind of see oh okay that person yes you know like with joe right like you saw joe jordan for me right and then it's like 100%. oh now he's on the radar now like his sphere opened up right and that probably makes it a little bit easier but i was just thinking i was like damn that has to be stressful it's already stressful enough like coaching athletes that are doing this and then their friend is interested about this. And it's like this huge thing of, of web, you know, going on. Right. Well, I, I legit follow like um, coaches and go into their stories because they all put it in their clients. Yeah. And then I'm kept up on everybody as well. That way, that's another way of like, they may not send it to me, but I can see, you know, you're, you're a proud coach. So again, like Joe Jordan, but again, like Penna, whoever, I'm going to find it. Joe, Joey flex or whoever the shit you're posting. The strength guys have people up and coming. That's how I found Rico in the 93 juniors, like far out. Like yeah. everyone knows Rico now from this battle, but like I'd seen him coming because you see coaches posting, being like, watch out for this guy. Not yet, but he will. And sometimes they pan out. Sometimes they don't, but at least I, I got eyes. I'm like, all right. And I make mental notes. You know, I'm like, I'll, I'll see what happens. It's tricky too. With the IPF, it's a little bit easier to see like the spread of countries and stuff. When you get to the untested side, there's a there's a lot more that's kind of like underground or not visible all the time, right? And then it's just all of a sudden this big huge meet, and then there's like three or four other random new people that come up, and then they're like, oh shit, like this person's a big name now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, that's one of the more difficult like. When it comes to the untested, especially, you know, when you go outside the U.S. and North America, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's difficult to keep up on everybody everywhere. So I try my best. And and, and if a big meet's coming up um, and I'm gonna, I want to do a preview show to give it shine, as much shine as possible, I'll bring people in. And, and people are like sometimes like so, sometimes people have an unre unrealistic expectation. That you have to be like literally an encyclopedia of powerlifting or some people stay in IPF or stay in USAPL or, or IPF and USAPL or whatever. And uh, even like I've had hosts and I'll be like, like guys I work, 
And, and I'm like, do you guys want to do a preview show? It's an untested, whatever. And they're like, Fuck, I don't know any, anybody on there, man. I don't, you know, I'm pretty much just in that wheelhouse and it's easy to stay in a smaller wheelhouse. And then if they catch something that I didn't or whatever, they're like, Oh, you didn't fucking see that. Cause it's all, cause it's King of Lift, So you feel good about it. But I'm like, keep in mind, bro. If we open this up to all the powerlifting all over the world, tested, untested, whatever the fuck. Now let's start talking. I got, I got eyes on a lot of different things, man. Doing a lot of preview shows, recap shows, whatever, all over the world. It's, it's tough, but I'm like, I love that challenge, man. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is like, I am the type of guy I need something to continue to push me. Is this your main hobby, right? Like this is the biggest hobby that you have. You, I know that you're interested in like MMA and like UFC stuff. Yeah. Like physically doing, I enjoy it's, it's so I like, I'm going to lift weights until the day I die. I know like I'm always going to squat dead bench, whatever the shit and like all the other stuff, but I'm not competing in powerlifting, but in terms of like, um, doing, I have become a fucking nerd with like grappling and submissions and like wrestling and like, um, you get down that rabbit hole of the, it's like a sea of, you will never learn it all. Cause there's too many setups, traps, you know, in terms like reversals and like, I baited the arm. So you go for the arm, but I actually needed you to move in this position. Cause I was going to do that. It's like chess where there's strategy. There's not just moves. Do you know, arm bars? Do you know, leg locks, you know, chokeholds and all the various ones. Yeah. But then once you start knowing that there's a layer to strategy now when using that for like traps and baits and like whatever, um, and in recognizing, and then it becomes different for everybody. I recognize I end up in side control very often. What are my options in side control? How do I get to the back? And then different, it's, it's, you can go down the rabbit hole and I'm literally now I watch video of tutorials and make notes and do like screen grabs and make notes and then drill with my training partners. I got a grappling dummy that I just do drills on over and over and over entries into the legs, entries into the back. And like, there's different techniques, like six different te- like moves you have to do to do a proper heel hook, for instance. And like, I drill it over and over. So when it happens live sparring, I have it down and it's like, but there's so much, like I've become a nerd, my dude. It is, uh, I'm like, ah, fuck, how did this happen to me? I don't, I'm not sure. When you say nerd, you mean just so overly obsessed with something? You get, I get, like, I think about it. And um, I think too, one of the reasons why I super duper like it, it's why I like powerlifting. We're like, when you're, when you got hundreds of pounds on your back, you're present. That's what meditation is. That's what they say is like, be present. Try to meditate. It's just to be present. Your the voice in your head turns off. It's always running. You're always thinking to yourself, like just whatever. You're just thinking throughout your day all the time. Everyone does, period. The voice is never fully off. And when you have hundreds and hundreds of pounds on your back, it is off. You're not thinking anything. You're just going through it. Same thing in when you grapple, you slap hands, fist bump, slap hands, fist bump at the beginning of every single sparring session, every single round. And um, once that happens, once you slap hands, fist bump, and you hear the bell and you know, you're going to go for five minutes. For five minutes, that dude is trying to like choke. It's the death game. He's trying to choke you and you tap. And it's like, uh, okay, I would have died there, but you, I tapped and you stopped strangling me and we start over. And, um, because of this, you are like, so present, you think of nothing else, not just for that set. That's 10 seconds long, but for that five minutes, you're just like, 
present with the, you, you know, you're, you're thinking about what you're doing and nothing else matters. And there's something intriguing about that. And he's setting traps for you and you're trying to recognize and you're setting traps for him and you're, it's fucking, you can so go in that rabbit hole. It's like a video game where you die, but you come back. Like if I tap, I would have died right there if this was to the death right there. But then you tap and you get to start all over again and that's fine. And maybe you get him next time. Maybe like, all right, I made a mistake, but now I know how how that happens. Like just like a video game and you could get dog. It becomes like addictive. Uh, that's why a lot of people started moving from powerlifting to jujitsu. I think once they start it, they're like, <laughs> yeah. wow, this is cool. Jiu-jitsu specifically and the the mental game of that, I think it's appealing from, you know, a lot of people in powerlifting, I'm pr probably sure you've seen a lot of the newer age is like kids that are into like video games or like anime or whatever, right? Like that's that culture. And a lot of those kids are surprisingly interested in powerlifting. And mm -hmm. it's almost like a game and people get obsessed with it. And the same thing where for me, like that would be something that I would be really interested in is like jujitsu and the mental game like it's physical chess right that's what it uh, is it's physical yeah. chess yeah and so like that's super interesting i can't do it because i know i would fuck myself up and somehow that's the problem is you're like it's easier for me to say that but you're a world champion who like you, the last thing you want to do is fucking get an injury because you get injured not crazy if you yeah. have the proper sparring partners they're not trying to hurt you but it just like anything it would be crazy. You would never do this if you're a world champion, Sheffield, all the, it'd be crazy right now, right? And it's, especially because with powerlifters, I'm sure you hear about like how people get injured. It's always some random dumb shit. It's never sure. something like, oh, they just did this like max squat and, you know, they just did it a little too much. It's never that. It's like a warm up or it's like they twisted their ankle walking into somewhere. They, they hit a bush. Yeah. whatever it is like some dumb shit right getting out of the car wrong whatever i know that would be me if i got into that but I, yeah. it's interesting because you are so like obsessed with powerlifting in a good way and then have like jujitsu and mma type stuff is there anything else that you were really like super into b before all this dog i fucking i when i go in i go in man i know that's I, what i'm saying uh, yeah your, it's, it's your personality type seems yeah. to be like okay before this there had to be something else I like, so I, whether it was like making, I mean, I was doing songs, making music and shit doing, um, I was doing fucking uh, like doing some small bit acting. And right now I'm working on so a project with a buddy of mine, you know, writing the script and doing like a, cause I love that kind of shit too. And, and I don't know what's going to come of it, but we'll see. So we'll put a pin in that, but like we're writing script and we're working on things in that direction as well um doing like a because like i had a fucking acting agent when i was a kid and doing small roles here and there and then uh, eventually ended up before like when i was power lifting and i was six pack lapping at but before the commentary kicked off the intern was reality tv show and um like had like a, a you know the crew was following me around and i was six pack lapping at for like a full season it was crazy man this is before social media with social media now, there was reality TV. Now, everyone has a YouTube channels, kind of like reality TV. But back then, reality TV, this is before everyone had YouTube bumping and like before, so, before TikTok, Instagram, whatever. It was reality TV, man. And everyone wanted to get a reality TV show. And um, you were just you, kind of. They sometimes would tell me what to say and stuff like that. Surprise, surprise, right? Television. But um it was like, I, yeah, I go all in. I don't know why. I, I think I like, I need, uh, 
I need that man. Like to get the reality TV show, I fucking, I sent 300 emails to 300 different production companies. So if what the way it works, a production company creates a show and pitches to a broadcasters and there could be several different channels. Um, and then a broadcaster says, we're going to pick up this show. So the production company show gets greenlit and the broadcaster is going to hold it and they give them a budget. So you don't send it to the broadcaster. You don't send it to NBC. They're not creating the shows. They're bankrolling the shows. The TV production companies are making the shows. And then I, like when I'm in, I'm in. And I like researched all the different production companies, who works for who, found their personal emails, found an email. I got an Excel spreadsheet with every production company, all the staff members, who does what, who does the green lighting in it, and sent hundreds of emails. And I got 299 no's. And I got one yes. And I'm on a fucking TV show. And then I'm flying around and people at work, I had to audition after. I got yes mm -hmm. to audition. Yeah. That's like, it was so competitive because there, nobody had in social media. So everyone's trying to do this. And um, when it was happening, people at work were like, dude, you're on fucking TV? And they're <laughs> like, there was, there, I don't even know if they still do this, but at one point there was commercials and like when the holidays rolled around, it'd be like, you take somebody who was a star on one of the shows and they'd be like, from all of us on NBC, happy holidays. And it'd be like, whatever star from whatever TV show that was hot at the time. Doc, I was doing shit like that on TV. I was like, um, I was like, like the holidays roll around. They're like bringing six pack into the studio. We're going to do a quick commercial. But like I was, they would put me in a room and uh, for a day straight, they call it a press junket. I did TV interviews, like TV interviews. Or, or magazines and they just put me in a room and they would cycle the interviewer or the magazine or whatever. And I'd be all live on TV and I would just sit there for like eight hours doing nothing but interviews and press junkets. Like this was me before everyone knew me and powerlifting is fucking the wildest dog. It, the life I had has been crazy, man. Um, so by the time like the IPF situation rolled around, I, that's when I approached Gaston, like my confidence was way, I've been test battle tested. So yeah. when he was like, um, I was like, look at, I, I got ideas what I could do for you. I was the social media. I was their Instagram for IPF to get them up to like a hundred thousand from like 20,000 initially and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have ideas. I'm like I could do this. Like, here's everything I've done. And I just came in confident, but I like had like media training. And um, cause before they put you in these press junkets, before they put you on the air, they put you through media training. So you don't like fuck this up. And uh, so that's when I show up for like commentary, never did even a local meet, never even did Canadian nationals. And I did IPF worlds and everyone's like, holy shit, dog, you are going to start with John Hack and Brett Gibbs. That's your first ever. And you're leading, you're going to lead this dog. You're, you're like, th and I'm like, I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Let's see what happens. Before that, you competed for Canada, right? As an 83? Yeah. So I, I yes, <laughs> I was powerlifting and I competed as well. That's right. Which helps in terms of um, understanding what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, you know, as actually got injured talking about, you know, when you're going to do the Arnold and right before you pulled out through the injury and you're thinking about should you continue or not. That happened to me leading into 2021 Worlds as well. But um. Yeah, I, it, it helps for a perspective. Wait, 2021 Worlds? For 2021 Worlds, I was going to compete. 
Oh shit. Okay. I was going to, Yeah. but I got fucking injured. And then I was like, ah, do I, what do I do right now? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, um, but I'm also commentating and I was like, just don't, it, it's going to, it was bad enough that it, like it could be really bad. And the worst would be injured and then having to continue commentating and everything when you're like in pain or whatever, like this isn't, it could get shitty quick, but anyways, um, yeah, like it helps for perspective when you understand, like when you, when you've been nationals, you've qualified, made a world team, you go to world, you've traveled to the other side, had to weight cut while traveling. I mean, I water loaded while on the air doing commentary and having to fucking take a piss and that like literally water is coming out of every orifice in my body. Cause I've been holding it. And I'm like eight liters deep. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm live on the air. And I, you know, I'm like, holy smokes, this is dead. It's like torture. Um, the whole nine, man, I've experienced it. So, so when people talk about like, this is where it gives me that perspective when people do things like the U S in the USAPL, they'll take totals from USAPL totals and be like, well, we would have done this at worlds. It's like, I know, I know what it did to me. I, I like, like not just commentary, like, oh, I feel tired. I've competed and know what it did to my numbers and what it, what, what you feel like. And some people be like, it didn't hurt me too bad. Well, that's cool, but it's real. It's real dog. Like it's uh so when people do that and they're like, yeah, like they, it's like, they forget every fucking time or they just never done it. If they've never done it, they must not have, but it's like, trust me, it's not the same or cut weight doing this too. It kills me when this happens. It, it inevitably people be like, this is what our team would do from USAPL numbers if they went to Worlds. It's like, don't you see that world totals never end up like, you know, like Keiko's biggest ever total is from a local meet domestically. But it's very difficult to do that at the world level in the midst of that competition when you traveled. Yeah. It's There's a reason, man, this, you know. But our, but the sport is bigger than that. It's bigger than the specific number on the day, right? Like that's the Matt Geary yes. line. That's it's all of that, right? It's always been that. It's it's about the placement. It's about what happens on this particular day, any given Sunday, right? You know the same thing. Um, and so it it sucks to see that. It's easy to you, you want to make that justification if you're on that side, right? Like oh, it wouldn't matter. Like we would be able to do that, no problem. And it's like, yeah, like, but you're kind of shitting on everybody else. And and like every, what they've done is belittled by you saying that. Right. And it's just like, doesn't, it, it's not fair for them to have to do that. And then you just can say, yeah, yeah, I'm chilling at home. I, I would have been able to do that. No problem. Right? Dude, it's, it's just ignorance because they haven't. Um, yeah. If you, when you do things like that, that's why I'm glad that I could pull from these experiences, like competing, um, you know, at the world championships and knowing just like the standard. Yeah. It's, fucking a different it's very difficult standard like you got to be convincing with your lifts too like hop in there like that do the travel to the other side of the world multiple time zone change cut weight when it's not you're not at home cutting weight and Mm -hmm. and eating that food and whatever the shit and then lift to ipf world standards where it's stacked stack stacked and you might not know everyone you're going against. Like some guys creep up and you're like, holy shit, where did this guy come from? Well, he came from some part of the world. They don't do a lot of social media and they can creep up on you. And um, it's different. It is 100% different. And the coaching staff, by the way, it's like these national team coaches, like the handlers, there'll be people on team Sweden, team whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't know them. A lot of people like you do, but I'm talking a lot of people don't know who they are. They're absolute wizards when it comes to handling. They will undress you if you fuck up. 
do a, a mismanagement when it comes to putting in an attempt. They will undress you and the stronger person loses. Yes, that happens. I talk to people who are power lifters who are like, it, handling doesn't really matter. Stronger person wins anyways. Or we'll have a fucking handler handling them against their competition. How does that even work? If you don't know, if you don't know that if if it's me and you and we're neck and neck and we have the same handler, if you don't know at some point the handler's going to decide who wins and who loses, if you don't know that, then you don't know powerlifting. You, you're missing a huge piece. That handler at some point could decide who wins and loses. Yeah. We, we like to think that it is just that the strongest person wins and that, you know, that'll work itself out. That's not really how it works at the bigger meets. And I think people are getting that. People are, are seeing more of, you know, eight for nine, nine for nine is what it's going to take. You see the stats. I think Pete Spence does a really good job of, of kind of breaking down the stats of, you know, percentage of made lifts for this. And if you fly overseas, this is the, the percentage that you're going to take off your total. And these, mm. and it's true. It's true. Like statistically it's, it's proven. Um, let's, let's kind of go off this. And I wanted to kind of see like, you've been kind of further away now from USAPL side. You're still like involved with like the sharing of the posts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you've kind of seen like the, the USAPL Korea, you've seen the USAPL, all these other, like Australia. I, I think I saw, Char I, saw, I saw Charles do the USAPL Australia competition. Had a good payout there. I think it was like $7,500. I think he won. Um, pretty good for just a random USAPL meet, right? And then I saw Ashton do the uh, USAPL Korea meet. Um, that was close. That Holy was pretty close, right? Shit. Yeah. It's, uh, do yeah, you, sorry, do you see the validity in USAPL kind of pushing to the international side, or do you think it's going to be okay? One, one or two of these hit or miss meets, but nothing's really going to come of it. So, um, well, first off, with the action thing, I just want to say, yeah, at some point, was Ashton afterwards being like, Yo, did y'all set me up? <laughs> like, who the fuck was that guy? Did you know he was coming because no one else I did? I think he did. Like, I, I think that was the point, though, right? Like, okay. He, I, I think he was known by some other people that he would be going to USAPL eventually. Um, I don't know too much about it. I'm not involved with USAPL anymore. Right. But yeah. But still <laughs> his total was came out of nowhere in terms of um, like he had not, his total had blossomed, like, like exploded into, we didn't know he's going to push Ashton like that. Um, so even if they, you know, anyways, I'm sure at a certain point, Ashton's like, holy shit. And maybe he knew he was coming, but it'd be hilarious if he was like, yo, this wasn't just a meet and greet seminar and I'm gonna help you guys get on your feet. <laughs> yeah. You guys almost set me up. I almost took an L. He went on body weight, for God's sake. It was tough. Uh, but anyways, back to your question. Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to use your resources, like USAPL is using your time and resources, staying domestically and going into the pro pro series was the, the route to go and make it like, um, you know, if their idea was like the NFL, right. Or whatever the shit, whatever they're trying to do, but doing the one-offs here and there abroad into international fine. It doesn't like, you know, I, I guess like if it's a, if it's a big meet and you want to hold it somewhere else, the thing is, it's not going to be, you're not going to turn into an international governing body like the IPF. How does this work? How does it, if if drug testing was the whole reason why you left, how do you turn into an international body? And now you're going to have the exact same questions the IPF was having, where if you got drug testing in, in Germany, uh, Russia, fucking Czechia, 
let's go into Asia, Japan, Korea. Now you have to have systematic drug testing. Is it all the same tests, the same labs? Who's doing the testing? Now USAPL has to ask themselves because, or are they all going to just govern themselves like you want to govern yourself? So their friends are testing them. So their coaches and meet directors who all train at the same gyms and whatnot are all testing each other, just like you guys wanted to do and are doing. If that And that's cool for you because you know each other in the US, but that, if you want to go internationals, that's what's going to happen. Are you comfortable with that? As long as it's 10%, 10%, 10%, what does it matter? Who? What labs are they sending drug tests to? It's not WADA, it's not, are you going to start saying, we need a minimum requirement for the lab because you could literally some, if it's just 10% and like, who gives a fuck what lab? That means in some countries, some on the other side of the world, they could be like, yeah, we're sending it to a lab. They know the lab's bullshit. It's cheap. They're just ripping it off. We're, we're at 25% testing, but it's bullshit tests and we're testing each other. Um, so everyone knows. And then it's, then you're going to have to start being like acting like a governing body and start saying, you know what? We actually need some minimum standards of the lab. You know, we actually need some more transparency. Like who's testing these people? I got you. You're an official in the Federation, but you're also all know each other. And, and it's fuck. It's a bit of a conflict of interest because you're breaking records over there doing whatever. Like, I don't know if we're comfortable with that. Well, that's exactly now you're going to see what the IPF is facing. Now you're going to see what a real international Fed faces when they have to standardize across the board. And it's never going to be um, clean and tidy. There's going to be issues with drug testing, no matter what. Granted, and WADA's not perfect and how it rolls out for sure. But at the very least, now you'll understand this is why, you know, they had like minimum lab requirements. Who's doing it? Who is doing the test, who has chain of like possession of that test from going to the lab to coming out of the lab, not just what we did a water lab. Yeah, but who had possession of this, the records of it, who was filing it, who was all of that wasn't water, then it wasn't water. Was it a water official or was it your official going to a water lab, but who's all the rest of it? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues that people were, now they're going to start. If they go with this international route, Let's say they have 25 nations, and that'll be very difficult to any meaningful level, get 25 nations even. But let's say they do, and world records are popping up all over the place, and people are coming all over the place. Now they're going to start being like, who's testing who over there? And what labs to what the... Now they're going to have those questions. And then they're going to sound like the fucking IPF was to them. <laughs> and this is, this is what's going to happen, or it's going to be a conflict. Or you just be like, man... And I get, I get the appeal, because fuck it, Australia maybe had a great meet and like mm -hmm. Korea sound like it was fun. So mm -hmm. I get it. Why it's like, let's do one-offs, but you're never going to a, you're never going to catch up to the IPF international. There are 130 plus nations officially recognized by the individual governments. So they have yeah. government funding and recognition because they're IOC recognized water recognized. The governments themselves are funding like yeah. France gets paid by the government, Sweden, et cetera. Like, they're in the universities because they're officially recognized. So like the universities, the, you know, they're going to get in Asian games, European games, not European powerlifting championships. I mean, European multi-sport with track and field and all the rest of it. Like they're because they're officially recognized. So you're never going to internationally. And maybe a lot of people in the U S don't understand all of that. 
you're never going to get into that. You're never going to catch up to the IPF like that. The, they're already in place. You have to take them out of place. It's like you're in the Olympics. You want to go Olympics. You have to pull someone out. You're not going to displace the IPF internationally. So that you'll never be the IPF internationally if that's what you're thinking. So, But if it's one-offs that you want here and there, cool. But you will, if people start rising up in these other nations and start taking like Ashton's world record, if you want to start calling them world records or whatever, fine. And you... It, people will start rising up from other nations and eventually the conversation will come up where it's like, how, do, how are we going to manage this? I don't know, man. I don't know. And maybe they could work it out, but this is off the top of my head. What are you thinking? Am I crazy? Yeah, you're, you're right. It, they're going to play that game. And that's more of the, the point of what I'm saying is like, you know, I think they had two choices and they're trying to do both at the same time. Right. Like you either had just keep everything internal and run the pro series and everything is just USA only. That's it. Or you do the whole international thing and it's, you know, like they, at that point, they should have just stayed with IPF, right? Like they just cope and do with, you know, whatever they have to do to get uh, the testing done that they, they required. That was really it. So to me, when I see them putting money or, you know, funds elsewhere, it's like, okay, you know, I don't know what you're really trying to accomplish here. You know, if you really are trying to accomplish that, you know, it's, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while for them to get to that point if they ever do, which is going to be again, direct competition with the government of France and, you know, all these other already recognized teams. It's tricky. Uh, I'm just, I was just kind of curious because I, I know that you saw those and it looked, looked cool. Um, it's funny though, because I hear a lot of the USA people, the, the top lifters and they're like, yeah, I don't want to travel. Like that's why I want to, you know, stay USAP. I don't want to go to Germany or wherever to compete. For me, you know, when that switch happened, I was like, that's a cool selling point. I want to go to compete at, you know, South Africa or Arnold in the UK or wherever it is. And then I see them do the same thing, right? Like They're like, oh, I'm going to go to Korea and compete or I'm going to go to yeah. Australia. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, for sure. Like it is, um, yeah. if it was, if it was like, I don't want to travel, then like whoever's in the USAPL and doesn't want to travel, um, then yeah, you're not going to go to those other countries on the other side of the world to compete. Otherwise, like, yeah, I think that's a huge appeal for the IPF to, uh, to that's all part of it. Like other nations or other sports, sorry, the world, you have to travel all over the world to prove you're the best. Like whether it's track and field or whatever the shit, it's constantly rotating and, and it is what it is in terms of, um, you know, how they, how can they, like, they will never become the next IPF. So exactly it, they could become what they're doing just lean into the usapl experience with the raw nets and yeah. in, in doing you know their experience at raw nets with the big screens and whatever the virginia pro style and just lean into that i was thinking yeah. lean into the pro series and um you know i i just i'm not i don't fucking get it kid i don't get it i don't well, know they're gonna run into problems well, let's kind of transition from this drug testing point. Uh, I'm sure you saw um, the big failure. Yeah. I don't know if you've talked about this yet on a podcast, no. but it's so recent. Um, yeah. Man, the, I want to say, like, from my own perspective, it's changed on failures and, you know, people. I know in Canada, years ago, I think it was more of the culture where if someone failed, like, everybody's immediately trashing the life out of this person they're crucified essentially which in my head i think okay like 
yeah, it's justified. They're a piece of shit. They cheated the system. They're everything. And then I also think in my head, well, if for some reason I had a tainted supplement or whatever happened or somehow this ended up happening, you know, and I, on my life, on my soul, I would never cheat. I would just be done with powerlifting before I would do that. And somehow it had that where it, it does happen, believe it or not. It, you know, there's weird situations where it's tainted supplements and people fail for something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would be near like want to kill myself like from that situation because of how much it means to me like how like being clean never cheating people know that and for you to immediately just get crucified it is horrible um you know for Anna Rosa Castellan you know she she failed she's she's been around for a long time it's like she's new you know to, you know that's a, like for anyone listening failure yeah she for she won multiple world championships in the IPF hall of fame in equipment in classic in like, she's literally one of the greatest of all time. And um, it like, just like one of the greatest lifters of all time, not only that um, coached in terms of handling at world championships, like at the world championship level was a national team coach programming is a ref uh, uh, at the international level at IPF world championships. Refing is like a, you know, in terms of holding competitions and meets like what she done for powerlifting in Brazil, as well as being winning world titles and in all these showdowns, what she's done for powerlifting Brazil cannot be understated. It's it's in women's powerlifting period. She was at the forefront of it. And now there's tons of women, but she was at the forefront when there wasn't tons of women as well it's 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 a fucking massive failure massive failure one thing i gotta point out at least they're showing testing is happening they'll get you Mm -hmm. if it takes time and it's always takes time but they're gonna fucking they they've nabbed there's been a few people now getting bounced um so i do like the fact that like yeah people are getting busted but in terms of her to your point how do i feel about it and how to um what does it mean? My opinion of her and all the rest of it. Because right. initially, when when something like that happens, your gut instinct is like, "This we fucking got him." Like, I'm so glad. But at the same time, when it's someone that has been around for so long, that has tests, you know, that have passed, that's been, you know, true. It's like your framework is kind of like busted. I, I mean, obviously, we know people have passed tests for a long time. Right. It's, you know, it's been around. But this, <laughs> it, it's it's so you're right. A Okay, good, good. She got caught. Um, You know, if you're cheating, you get caught. B, though, you're like, well, how how long was she dirty? Um, And we didn't catch her. The thing is, catching people is in, you know, you've probably seen documentaries and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying anything people don't, and I'm by no means am I an expert in this. I've had experts on drug testing come onto the podcast. It's fucking interesting, but it's literally this, we're getting deep science here. And just as much as you could do science for trying to bust people. They there's science for, for beating these tests. It's very difficult. So event, as long as you get them, you know, and I don't know what happens in terms of like going backwards to you. I think they take away records. I don't know what they do because if you pass the test earlier, I don't think they're, they're going to take away medals or everyone else gets bumped up because they haven't proved that you were dirty at that point either. At that time, they could just prove you're dirty now, but I mean, it's tough. This this is every sport gets this if you watch the Olympics, whatever. But in terms of what does it mean for her legacy? Or how do I feel about her? Like, look at me. 
it's you tough. think do you think that maybe it is like a false positive at all well yeah i mean i don't know the science of it so here's the thing i was told it's d-ball i don't know i don't know a shitload about <laughs> steroids yeah. but i know d-balls are for really real steroid that shouldn't appear in supplements and whatnot i don't think but i but i'm no expert and i so i'm not but in you know, brazil like in some of these countries the pharmacy kind of just has everything around right or right. like you don't know how it's manufactured you don't know how like it could be this weird supplement that's supposed to be legal that's supposed to be clean and then there's extra shit in there like i'm not i'm not trying to like completely say like this is just a mistake or whatever it is but also at the same time i'm like I don't I have a, I have a heart and I feel like there's maybe there is a shot maybe maybe not maybe it is like hey this is in my career I want to see where I could get to and if they catch me they catch me and if they don't they don't and I'll push the records up and I'll be done maybe it is that yeah. right that or that could Sheffield be you know there's money now I'm leaving now that money's coming in like not just Sheffield, but all these different money meets are popping up all over the place. Um, like in France, they got money meets and like different Arnold, Arnold's and whatever. So maybe you're looking at it like maybe she was clean before and now she's getting older and declining. And she's like, oh, great. Now I leave now that that we're bigger than ever. Like in the pressure, she's like, what if I just made a push? One push. What can happen? And for some people in Brazil, what kind of money goes a lot further too? Or it could even be like, would I be... Like you get busted. Here's what I look at it. You get busted. You get suspended. That's your, that is your punishment. I don't need to shame you. I don't think you're like a piece of shit. Cause listen, if that's my barometer to be a piece of shit, there are real pieces of shit out there. Like, I mean like people who like will rob your fucking grandmother and you know, take money at them from scams and like fucking rapists but, but and murderers. Ryan, what if, pieces of what shit. if they needed that money to, you know, help their brother that needed a surgery that, you need this money. There, well, there it is. Hey, look at there are people who are desperate too. This is, I remember um, a buddy of mine saying, "Older cat being like, um, sometimes it's that. It's like they're not a piece of shit. They're just desperate. You don't know what you would do if you were in certain shoes. So don't always judge, which is true. But like, if, but in this particular situation, I give them good faith that hey, you are clean for X amount of years. That I I want to say okay, you probably not going to make the dumb decision to risk all of that and try to but maybe they could you know i i don't know it's 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 um yeah we don't know it is what it is for me i could see the person and not be like i'm gonna fucking you know turn my cheek to you and not talk man fuck it they fucked up their punishment they're getting their punishment i don't need to add more shame them public shame them talk shit be rude if i see them it is what it is. It's a sport. They're going to get, they're getting punished by the sport and the governing body. Um, to your point in terms of the shaming that used to happen, like, yes, it was crazy. You get social media bullied to the point where when you come back, like you don't, you're afraid to even come back because it's like, a, it's like look at man, people change too. Be, like they might've, by the time you see him again, they might be a different person. You know what I mean? Like it's whatever. I don't know. Life's tough already. Right. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's that was a big one. I mean, there's been plenty of other bigger failures. I remember um, Branton was the, the big one for you, for you guys. Yeah, he was, post, mean... he was literally our poster boy. In Canada, he was literally our poster boy. <laughs> and then he popped in 2019 right before Worlds. And they, they got him because it's out of meat testing. WADA shows up, the CCES, like which is our WADA, um, shows up, tested, 
And usually that's when people think, okay, I just got tested. So if you're going to run anything, you can run it after that because you think like, I won't see you again for a little while. Yeah. They came back like within a week or the next week or whatever. And it, that's when they start catching you, right? Like we test you, you think we left town. We're gone long enough that you think we've left town because we're not local. You don't know us. Now we stuck around and we came back again and they're like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, now we got you. That was tough. The Kelly one, Kelly Branton one was really tough. Do you think there's a good amount of people out there that are still getting through? Um, I mean, it's, you know, like I was, always, I'm that guy, like you'll always have people who look at people like yourself, Russell or he, uh, you know, and be like, there's no way. Like, like, you know, there's no fucking way he's clean. You can't tell me he's clean. You know, you're pulling, you know, like you said, you just pull 375 smooth. And they're like, how the fuck does a 205 pound man throw, pull a 375 kilo deadlift smooth like that in training? Like, like that, that's insane. And cause you'll, you'll look at the untested and they're pulling similar weights and they're like, well, how is that? But I would say, because we have a much bigger talent pool in the tested. So you're going to find the outliers. There's much more outliers. So that's why when people do that kind of game, right? I think far more people are actually natty, but maybe I'm gullible, but I do like for sure. There are people who are not natty and they're getting through um, on USAPL IPF. This is sports. Let's let's, you know, but the majority I actually believe are natty. It'll be interesting the more and more and more money that comes and people start like right now, even 50 K isn't going to change your life, right? It's going to change your year. It could be a down payment on a house and change, but it's not. If we ever get to the point where it's fucking money, money. Now you're going to start seeing people do what they got to do. I think when it's a Sheffield meet every year, maybe, right? Like if it's, you know, for, for Taylor Atwood to get 50K every year for just that, that's super helpful. That's more than just the year, oh, right? Yeah. And that's just I one. Mean, if he does know, Arnold yeah. UK, Arnold, you know, he starts yeah, popping yeah. around. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But but it, it's yeah. it's the opportunity, right? People, you know, that may not be getting tested all the time, maybe sees that and is like, okay, it's worth the risk that I do this. I think it'll it'll be, I think it's got to be like, um, right now it's, I I it's probably not crazy enough. I mean, if we ever got to the point where the money is like um, substantial money, where it's like 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 more than a normal salary and shit like that, um, then people are like, like right now you get clout, but it's not crazy clout. There are people who are just normal gym people who have like a million followers on Instagram. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like as yeah, big yeah. as we think certain people are, there are people who are, whereas if we ever got to a point where like real professional sports, uh, like the big sports, yeah. um, then things will, could get, things will get crazy. They will get crazy because people will be like, is it worth it to cheat? Possibly tarnish my honor and the honor of my nation, but there's like millions of dollars. Most people would be like, for millions? I set my life, like my my life, my kids, my wife, my, I could take care of all my family. That's when people start making those tough decisions. That's when, you know, even the most honorable of men are going to question themselves, right? And it's like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. But we're not there. So right now it's like, what are you, what are you doing this for? Like even Sheffield to an extent, isn't going to be like that. Right. So that's why, that's why I do believe we're not, it's not as bad as people think, you know, like other sports, but I don't know. Do you see yourself still involved with powerlifting in this capacity that you're at now for another 10 years? 
it's uh you know it's crazy when you think ahead it's it's overwhelming to think a decade later like a yeah. decade what the fuck do we look like in a decade but on the flip side um time flies so quickly and i've already been in this game almost 15 years like i put this i love what i do like i don't know how the social media is going to work because we're probably going to be all virtual reality and shit by then like like people i listen to joe rogan podcast and they're talking about how like you know we're on our phone and people like what's the next app what's the next they're like in 10 years it'll be hilarious that we had to carry around our phones like this like who they'd be like you guys just had your phones in your hands the entire time they left something else that you don't use your phone for you actually like, tap in some other way and it'll be like why would you carry your phone around all the time like 10 years before that nobody had phones cell phones like that all the time because there was just a cell phone but no apps on it now that everything is with apps it's like we're attached to our phone but eventually it's going to be like that's going to be hilarious you'll see movies and it'll be like oh you know the era this movie takes place in because everyone has a phone yeah. and that'll be kind of funny but in the future so in the future in terms of my role with social media who knows how that'll change but in terms of being a broadcaster in other sports you see it guys people your dad will watch baseball with the same guy calling the sport as the son and grandson he's still calling the sport and it's like a familiar voice that you actually tune in like, that's my guy yeah you know that's the guy that's the guy it's always been that's the voice i could see myself doing broadcasting media to like for sure for 10 i absolutely for 10 years and beyond and keep moving a different direction like that is it going to be as exciting for you in 10 years so let me tell you something and this is here's something you'll find out about me doggy i'm a hopeless romantic i when i um when i first walked into the ipf worlds 2016 and i walked into that that uh the venue and and the crowd starts filling in and i walk into the warm-up room and I could see the people from all over the world shifting weights, warming up. And then I walk over to the media booth and there's the Viva TV and they have all the, the everything set up. And there's my booth where I'm going to put on my headphones. And they're like, two minutes out. I fucking felt those butterflies of excitement and nervousness. And then I put my fucking headset on. I look over and they go 10, 9, 8. In the last five seconds, they don't say it. They go. And then they point at you. I got those feelings. <laughs> yeah. And um, I could feel it right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, dog, to this fucking day, I still get those fucking feelings. It's like, uh, and, and I equate it to like, it's like that, you know, they say when you find the one you f and you look at them and it doesn't matter if they're 75 years old in your heart, they're always 25 and they'll never get old to you. And that love will never die. That's, that's what I feel, dog. You know how many sessions, 12 days, you know, I, I see people in, they do commentary for a weekend and on Monday, like, I'm so tired. I commentated two days and like, they're going like, holy fuck, I'm so exhausted. I'm like, that's cute. Cause I'll do 12 days, four sessions with three flights a session sometimes, like 16 hour days for a week and a half straight. And I fucking love it. And I'll show up and give it. And, um, you know, like my boy Gavin at certain points was like, I don't know. Afterwards, like, I don't know how you do this, man. Yeah. I don't know how you do this, man. I'm like, dog, I can't tell you. Put the headset on me. Put me in that booth. Like in 10 years, 15 years, I'll sit down. Like, I will feel it, man. I will feel it. There's always more battles. There's always more. And I 
I'm that dude when everybody's like, well, this is shit. That's shit. Wow. That was terrible. And I'm like, I fucking, I could be anywhere. As long as you surround me with the right people, I don't care where I'm at. Just give me my company. That's yeah. like, I'm that dude. I, you know, and I'm always like the Mr. Positive, like let's fucking go. And, um, that helps when it comes to these things. So yeah, man. And social media is going to change up, down, all around, and who to God knows where. Like, I'll, I'll adapt and do it, like, just like everybody else. But in terms of the broad, and, and, and I don't know what that's going to look like. None of us do because that's like technology. But in terms of the broadcast, dog, I want to be those guys like that when you were the baseball or the, like, you know, I'm MMA boxing. Like, the Joe Rogan's been doing it since like the late 90s. Same, doggy. Same. Like, I, I fucking love it. And I don't lose that fire, man, it burns in me every time and it doesn't get old and I'd never take it for granted. And I always board that plane telling yourself, fuck, I'm going to do this again. This is crazy. <laughs> France has shooters when you're 75 years old. France got shooters. France got shooters. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's the cool yeah. thing too, is like at the very least, like you see in other sports, our sport is kind of too young with our broadcast, but you do have those dudes who are like seven years old calling the action. And people are like, you know, that voice when they step in the booth and they start talking and they're like, you know, you've been with them your whole life. You've heard it. And your dad heard it before you. And you're like, it's, you know, it's other sports had it and have had it. We're far too new to have it. Obviously. That's why it's funny that like, I'm like 2016. And for people, they're like, um, when they meet me at events, like, holy fuck, I would listen to you and I, I'm meeting you right now. And I'm, I would listen to you at Worlds years back, but it's only 2016. It's almost cute. It's like, dog, that's like a blink of an eye compared to other sports, right? Like, but for our sport, that's history because, yeah. you know, the, the streams to a large extent haven't been, aren't that old. Yeah, I, I, I know that you are just so passionate about it because I remember at Worlds, uh, I think I, it was after I competed, I think. And I was up to like 5 a.m. or something. And I don't know, you posted something or you sent something. As like, so you asked me you for something. Yeah, you yeah, asked yeah. me for a link. And then you you thought, because you were on so much caffeine, you had just competed. <laughs> and you thought, my man will get back to me in the morning when he wakes yeah. up. Oh, fire him. And I'll expect this in the morning when he gets up. I hit you back like immediately. Immediately. And you're like, Dog, it's four o'clock in the morning. What are you doing right now? And I'm like, I can't sleep, man. I'm too wound up. I was too wound up from your performance, the 93, 76s. I go back to my hotel room. This is what I'm saying. Like, look at the way I'm talking right now. I know I'm, I'm an excitable guy, so it helps for doing podcasts because it, you know, it's entertaining to hear. But I literally is me. This isn't the way I, I'm not putting on the way I'm talking or whatever the shit or being extra. So when I'm on the commentary, it is that is actually real. Like, I'm not actually being extra. So when I go back to my hotel room, I just fucking don't sleep. I'll stay awake almost the whole night show up and you think I'm dead. And I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> you know? And you know, because it's so obvious that it is genuine and hundred percent, I think for me, I am kind of scared for you to get burnt out by getting too much where like, then it won't feel as organic and maybe you, you will, reach the point where you don't want it to you don't want to do it like that um so that's where i kind of first started i was like you know how long do you see running all of this because i know how demanding it is and how much it can end up being whereas like yeah you enjoy it right now and it's amazing right now you love it right now but i don't want it to be the point where you are disliking it or you know yeah i mean uh well something to keep in mind i've 
been involved with powerlifting for like 15 years. And this is where I'm at right now to give you a barometer of like excitement levels and all the rest of it. This isn't something new to me that I just caught like when yeah. 15 years ago, think about where you were in your life. 15 years ago, I was powerlifting and like online looking at like powerlifting watch and doing all this shit. So when you think about like, um, and listen to how excited I get still and passionate I get. So I know it's hard to think just like when like in 10 years, can you still in 10 years? But like, this is where I'm at 15 years deep. It, it just is what it is. It's part of my, what it is, is my personality. Yeah, It's part of my personality. It's how I approach things. And I've been weightlifting my whole fucking life. I've been infatuated, infatuated. It's a love story, dog. I can't not be involved with weightlifting. I fucking love weightlifting and strength. And it's just the way I've been my whole life. Um, and this, and when I'm into something, this is how I talk and the way I carry myself. So it, it kind of is what it is. I know what you mean. Like one, one of the rules and commentary is don't lie. And when I mean, don't lie, I mean, even with your excitement, don't fucking tell me, don't sell a lift if it's not real, like just because it's their PR or just because it's, if it's not that exciting, don't oh huge lift who would have unless i no. win pa nationals then you tell <laughs> right well ah, shit, <laughs> there it is nicely done nicely done um yeah nicely played but uh in in, in terms of, like your enthusiasm if you fake it when people can tell you you're faking it yeah. like when you're trying to sell um this is exciting but it's not actually people could tell and if it's a particularly non-exciting session tell the story and say like, well, this person's pulling for that position. And if they get this, blah, 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 tell the story. But if it's not overly exciting, you don't have to fake it. And that helps me stay real. And, but I think if I had to fake it to your point, when you're showing up, if I'm faking it, even for the actually exciting sessions, I'm done doggy. I'll, I'll throw my hand up and be like, I can't get, I'm not into this anymore. I can't picture that because I can't picture, but if it happens, I ain't sticking around. If, if the passion's gone, yeah. I'm not, I'm not fucking i don't know well what picture your music artist who stuck around too long is like damn you're making duds right now is your heart in this <laughs> like what are you doing but it's i think it is different because that's why you have broadcasters like a joe rogan's been doing it for 25 years and people who've been doing it forever when you wonder like joe rogan still loves it and he's got everything he's got money fame it, this is like a side piece to him now because he's with the podcast and everything and he still shows up to the events is like fucking he loves it I, I can I can see why the the thing I say though is that like you know would Joe love it if it was the same in terms of logistics for him to do the podcast and everything when he first started where you know he he did everything himself right that's more of what I'm saying where it's like for you you're getting to the point where it seems like King of the List is fucking popping and you know it's only going to be getting more and more um, attention and everything it's good that you have like Arian. It's good that you're getting. That's why. You know, these, yeah. 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 Oh, I, you mean with everything else too? Yeah. Got you like spreading too thin. No, right, that's right. why. Very good point. Yeah. And you can't keep up. That's why. Well, first off. Yeah. So that's why you, you don't bottleneck and you, you start getting other people involved. So mm -hmm. that's 100%. Um, that's what we'll do. And that's what we are doing. And that's why it's going to be sustainable. If you can't sustain something, you don't shut it down. You figure out how do we sustain and keep getting bigger and keep moving. You bring other people in and B because other people are, are coming into the game. Now I, if gives me the fuel, I am that guy like, okay, let's see who could bleed longer, who can give more. Mm -hmm. Cause I love that shit. 
who's doing what? Wow, that's interesting. I have to learn how to start doing this. We need to start doing that. We need to, I will, I am going to be doing more if there's more people entering the game and I got to start rising even more. If no one ever did, and it was always just king of the lifts and me commentating, then it would be, you know, that's probably where I'll burn out quicker. But things are always changing. TikTok comes around or whatever the fuck. What are we doing here? Let's keep getting bigger. Let's keep going. Yeah. I love that too. I even mentioned it to you. I was like, we were talking about if you're going to go to Arnold or not or whatever. And I said, um, you know, it's not your job. This is your, your extra side hustle, essentially. Right now it's like, what if you could monetize it even more, right? Like if you could, you know, get people to pay $5 a month for whatever and multiply that out by however many, you know, think of what you could do then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe no, like, there's something. Yeah. Like what I would always do though, and you're right. And, and like, you know, to that extent, we are monetizing and stuff like that. But like, let's say like we keep doing more and more, yeah. but because of, I have a job, I would always just put it back into King of the Lifts and start paying freelancers for more and more content or send somebody there. And it's not just me. And it, cause it can, it's bigger than me. And I want it to be bigger than me. I could be the front man. Like I could be the guy cause I'm at all the world championships and um, you know, PA Nat Sheffield or whatever. And I'm doing the podcast. So I could be the voice and the front man to a large extent, but it's not just six pack Lapida. It will, it could be what I would do is if more money comes in, we just keep doing more and more people paying more and more people. So if I can't go to Arnold UK, we send someone else or whatever. That's, that would be more, you just keep moving in that direction. And so I would never, whatever money get made, people like, if you ever made enough money, would you quit your day job? No, I would just keep reinvesting into, into King of the List and just keep getting bigger and bigger. And that's the, what my day job gives me um, because I make a good living and I could just chill with my day job. Mm-hmm. All money made will just, will not be going into my pocket for whatever. It'll always be just to get bigger, which makes it fucking easier to grow, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, like I I see King of the Lifts and how much it's grown, and I'm like, man, you could do like live shows, like live recordings at like Sheffield or something. I don't know if y'all are in the works or something like that. But there's stuff. Yeah, there's okay. a lot of media stuff involved. Sheffield's going to be bananas. But the yeah. media for that, you know, I talked to Pete. I don't know how much like he's talked about publicly yet or anything. Um, but it's interesting to see what they want to do for this and the media options and, you know, what you guys could cover would be pretty cool. It's Sheffield's a game changer dog. I'm so glad you're going by the way, but, uh, it's going to be nuts, dude. It's going to be nuts. I honestly didn't think I, I mean, obviously I didn't think I would win worlds and then winning and then automatically going. It's like, Oh shit, I guess I'm going to the biggest meet ever in the world. And it's going to be this crazy. Yeah, they're like they're talking like you know when you would um when there would be and it happens with the USC but like major boxing matches and they're like oh at ringside they would show all these celebrities at ringside like sitting in the front row and they'll show like Jack Nicholson's there like if it was in the nineties or whatever shit like all these famous people sitting in the front row and it's like oh they're gonna do for Sheffield like we're they're, they're talking like bringing in like not like Jack Nicholson or whatever but like they're gonna bring in like big name people in in like uh from fitness or strength or whatever like big name peoples will just just like even that it'll be like we're talking of like top quality so when you pan into the crowd even 
look yeah. who's here. It's so-and-so and whatever the shit. And then essentially when you hit your social media for that week and weekend, all you're going to see are people flying in or talking about or at the event and like snippets and like that that's, it's going to, it's different, man. They're, it's different. The approach they're taking in the, in the already the hype pieces have been bonkers. Uh, we started from them pulling audio clips from King of the Lifts to hype it to just straight up. You know what? Why don't we just get you on the mic and let's just fucking cut some promos, like actual cut promos, like they do with like Rogan and UFC. So I'm going off like, like I go off and um, yeah, it's like, it's these, this is all just starting, man. They are looking at how other sports, particularly sports like boxing MMA, where it's face-offs, because that's what they're doing. Um, and they're seeing how did they hype this UFC? How did they hype this boxing match? People say, we need to do more of that. I don't see people doing that. That's what they're doing. This is what the dudes, uh, SPD and Sheffield, that's what the showdowns are going to be. The storylines, like, is this another, is this another showdown between chance and whether it's Krastev or Keiko or whatever, like mm -hmm. the background and like, you know, and my voice will be telling the, and with also clips from the athletes and whatever, and all spliced in with the action, like, and who's going to win or Agatha and Jess. And it's like, who's going to win and the whole, all the clips and all the audio bites and the whole line, they're going to be hyping it like that style. And when we get there, the media engagement, like you're talking, there's itinerary. We're not around fucking around, just hanging out every, every minute of every day is going to be used, you know? And it's, yeah, dog, it's, uh, it's going to be big, man. It's going to set the, it's going to set the trend. A new bar. Okay. okay. Is there anything else outside of, um, maybe just like directly what King of the Lifts is doing. I mean, you already talked about kind of posting the articles and like having like top lifters or coaches contribute. Is there anything else that you see like, okay, maybe we need to kind of push into this? Like, so I've been thinking a lot about that in terms mm -hmm. of oftentimes I look at what other sports have with media and what we need. And, um, you know, working with SBD, Sheffield's going to be massive. Working with SBD period is massive to try to put together like on the actual event side, um, in the broadcast side, because I love broadcasting as well. Um, that is going to be huge. And then who knows if the IPF and other places start also integrating some of these ideas. So that's big. But for the social media um, and just media period like that, I am watching what they're doing and I need to start getting, building more and more of a team with freelance and start doing like, live at events, um, write-ups like live, like written live as well, like live blogging. Cause we, they do that for MMA. And if I'm wherever at work or whatever, and I can't watch streams and shit, I'll be doing that as well as the highlights though. Like things that work, I want it to be more like, if you're going to be the ESPN of powerlifting, you gotta be as robust as that in terms of what you're offering for powerlifting. So we're moving more and more in that direction. And that is the next movements that we're looking at is like truly being like that, not just a reposts. You know, we're not just doing reposts. It has to be like the ESPN of powerlifting. That's what we always said. And that's what we got to be and live up. So this is more what the direction we're moving in and investigating this and looking at what they were doing in other sports and bringing it down to our level. So we'll see, man. And now we're starting to work with like, we work with the IPF, work with SBD, work with whatever, but, and that just opens more doors as well. So we'll see, man. Um, I'm super new. I'm I like, I, I, cause I'm a creative dude. Yeah. I like love 
sitting back and trying to find solutions to this and like brainstorming with other people and be like, how do we approach this? How do we make this possible for us? And it, it sounds crazy, but um, on the flip side, like who would have thought we would have got to this point where someone's like, I got tagged by King of Lists and they're like spotting somebody. Dude, when you're just like starting this, it was like, how do you go from that to this? How do you get from that to here? It doesn't seem, it's like, how do you make that happen? How do you make it so someone's happy just being in the background of a video that's featured on King of Lifts? And that's like, ah, goal achieved. It is like, how do you make something like that happen? I don't even fucking know, man. It's crazy. I can't wrap my head around it even right now. That's so, what I'm saying is like, if you're going to be around for another 10 years, where are we going to get to? What is it going to, what is it going to well, be? A big thing is, well, so, so like I was saying, it's, it's yeah. adapting into a multi-platform, but yeah. also it'll all change as we go. It's mm -hmm. all going to change constantly. So you have to adapt, constantly adapt. And as soon as you start being that dude, that's like, I'm too cool for school. Fucking put a gun to your, to your head in terms of your career. I'll tell you though, I'm, I'm going to be that guy that when the chip gets put in, that's where I draw the line. I'm not, yeah, I don't I'll, know I'll hold that, my huh? phone. I'm you know, that's where phone. we're going. You know, that's where that's, we're going. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like, when we start getting the implants, chips, mandatory, that's it. I'm out. Like, I enjoyed life. Yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> where I might be like, I might just do broadcast. I might not do the social. Well, like that won't even be social media, whatever they call it then. Um, be Like, because they're talking about they could put a sleeve over your heart and your heart never has to stop. <laughs> Fuck that. So the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, yes, your heart will never stop beating. It, it'll have no reason to stop beating because they could always forever have your heart beat. So they're like, you will, will like they could put a sleeve over your heart and you're going to, that'll last forever. On the flip side, they could always turn your heart off whenever the fuck, right? And that's what the scary thing is like people <laughs> hack and do things. Well, you know, that's where it's like, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like the more it's, it's like, we can make you live forever. Or if not forever, not a hundred years, you could live to like 250 years. And um, you at 200 is going to look like, you know, you at like whatever in, in your prime, you just won't see any drop off because you're, j but on the flip side to do that, you know, what are we talking? We got chips in our fucking heads. We got sleeves over our hearts. Like what's going to happen? Probably all that dog. I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. At what point does this come blasphemy? <laughs> what do you mean? Because like, well, like this is a going against God. <laughs> like, Oh, like that. Sorry. Crazy. We're getting uh, because crazy now. I gotta, gotta pull back a little bit. What we're willing to do too. Like what we're willing to, cause people are like, nah, people aren't going to put chips in their head. Listen, what we're willing to accept to get on TikTok, the invasion of privacy and all the rest of it. Back in the day, we would never agree to certain terms. They'd be like, that's fucking insane. I would never agree to those terms. Now you'd be like, man, fuck it. Who cares? You'd be surprised how quickly people be like, I don't fucking care. Let's just risk it. So I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to be in terms of all of that and how that impacts us. I might yeah. be like you. I might be like, nah, fuck, I don't think I'm going to go that far. Yeah. The window has uh, certainly shifted. Yeah, a, a little less like lifting related, um, <clears throat> like going into this, like, I don't know about you and like, like if you have any, like, you know, faith, if you believe in God or anything like that, um, have you seen like in the last like 10, 15 years, like even through lifting, um, or like just general culture, like, do you feel like as a general, like structure of, of our culture is kind of going downhill? Do you feel like 
some of the things that we've seen as of late have been um, trending down in any way? Um, Are we losing a bit of ourselves? Um, well, like, first off, to answer your question in terms of like, a, like, like faith, it, like, again, I'm a hopeless romantic. So what my mind tells me in terms of like, when you die, is that it? Is it like before you were born? Or do you actually know what it is like before you're born? Just because you can't remember doesn't mean there was nothing or whatever, all that. Yeah. I am a hopeless romantic. So while in, logically I tell myself, probably it's just you become stardust. But then because I'm a hopeless romantic, I tell myself, well, maybe not. But maybe not. Maybe, maybe like, maybe this is like all, this is all but a dream. And like, but when you wake up, there is something else on the other side. Like who the fuck knows? And I'm not like, um, and I kind of like that I'm in this position because I can talk to anybody and respect their opinion. And, you, you know, sometimes I, I don't get aggressive with people on their beliefs mm-hmm. either way. Like if someone's atheist, I could be like, respect it, bro, because um, it's difficult to, to, that's why it's called faith because you can't see proof. You just have to have faith. It is. And I respect if you're like, I don't see evidence and I need evidence. But on the flip side, I can also respect if someone has faith because they're they're like, no, I, I have this romanticized view of this, that, and the other. I'm like, I can respect that too because there's something crazy about hope. You just give somebody hope. It's fucking insane what they're capable of doing. And we know that like belief can your 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 perspective of the world all you have is your perspective if you're always the victim in every story you tell that's your perspective that's your life if you're always whatever it is that's what you're going to live so perspective is everything too and it's like i get all of it um so anyways to your point uh just to like get that out there I'm, i got no i'm kind of yeah. riding the i'm kind of riding the no, fence okay. on that but okay. but it is i kind of do ride the fence i could be flipped either which way um but then in terms of overall which are trajectory? I'm yeah, not have sure. You, have you seen that maybe people, you know, what I what I see is often now it, it's the case that we're kind of getting away from having any sort of strict standards on anything to the mm. point where almost anything is acceptable, which mm. is maybe for me and my perspective is that maybe things are not trending in a way that is good for the human race or society. Yeah, like it depends because throughout history, um, we've had nothing but we've had tons of waves like this, right? Like, um, you know, in ter- like if you think about back in the time, right now we're at the most, like I, I my my brother in law was over like I don't know earlier in this summer. My my sister's from Sweden, and he was like, "Do you realize right now we leave we live better as middle class dudes where we live than kings did centuries ago." Like they would die, but like I'm dog, I'm 43 years old. And um you were dead 300. I would have been ago. dead, yeah. let alone look and feel the way I do right now. They would be like, What the fuck? Why aren't you dead already? Or like under the threat of dying or my loved ones dying or having to kill loved ones trying to take the throne or whatever the shit, right? <laughs> um, like because they all killed their brothers and sisters, so they're they're the one on the throne or whatever. Um, so in terms of like are we getting worse, better? I'm not sure, man. If you look at history, historically speaking, we would literally feed people to lions for pleasure and watch them get eaten and like have people fight to the death for our pleasure, like in pits and like, or wild, wild west style. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but why did they get fed to lions? Because they stole um, something or 
robbed somebody not necessarily (laughs) well i think to an extent like you're right they would but sometimes they were just like uh if they had a war you lose the war we take your army and now your army gets put into this uh situation where you're a gladiator or like um people started getting falsely accused of such because they need people who are be thrown in that pit and fight to the death whatever and if you were at that lower class system so it's like um you know in terms of um i don't know i don't know for like (laughs) i don't know for better worse Mm. or it's just more the same and then what we feel like over here is and what people feel like on the other side of the world and then uh you know and everything in between you know sometimes we think where we are here is everything but it's just a small fragment in in also like um even here, like the the noisy two percent on either side of the left and right aren't actually everyone else. Most people are in the middle and pretty much just not at aren't each other's throats. Yeah, they're just normal people that aren't at each other's throats and aggressive or whatever. So I don't know, man. It's a it's a big philosophical question. I don't think we're I don't think we're too bad. Only because we all live in like I mean, fuck, depends where we're at in the world, but where I am we're all in peace and harmony and pretty happy and no one's going out their way fucking with people. So from my personal experience, I think we're good. And I don't feel too, um, like nothing has negatively impacted me to yeah. a major extent. Right. But I understand I'm not, uh, I'm not everywhere in the world. So anyone listening like, Hey buddy, I live <laughs> over here and I'm, you know, I'm, I get it. But my experience right now, yeah. I'm lucky. Thanks. Okay. But it's 